Blog Talk Radio. Show. That's like uh, first year stuff, right there. That is first year stuff. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're one going old technical. School. Yeah, one of them technical issues we got today. So the uh, audios will be extremely limited. That will not be the last time you hear uh, DJ Heavyweight's fight intro because that's going to be the outro, the intro all day long. I do hope you can deal with that, folks out there. But you're not here for the music because we're not DJs. I'm not Casey Kasem. He's not Dick Clark. He is. Uh, Larry Hoover, I'm Big Meech, a.k.a. Amo Calamino, and Chad Wilson. It's the Football Friday Show, and we are here to get you all set up for high school football, college football, NFL football, uh, Canadian football, European football. Well, maybe not those last two. Yeah, maybe not those last two, but we're going to have you ready. And uh, so, uh, plenty going on. How about the New York Jets becoming the first team with a winning record to lose at home on a Thursday night. You know, Amel, that pretty much means to me, and this is like no joke, Jets aren't going to the playoffs. That's exactly no. what that means. They're not going. Yeah, that's, that that's, uh, that means that to me, too. Yeah, they, They're not going. That yeah, they're happening. owners of a winning record. Am I not correct on that even after last night's loss? They're 5-4, five five four, four. but they're not going to the playoffs. Yeah, they 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 just got eliminated. The Jets just got eliminated from playoff contention last night. Because if you well, can't win a Thursday it. night home game, um, you're not good. No. And that's just no. Yeah, there's just no, no. there's no that, way around that, that, that one. You don't want to do that. That's bad. Yeah. Um, and to lose it to Rex Ryan has to be a double whammy kick, swift kick. That had a hurt. Do you um, think that hurt? I mean, that had a hurt deep oh, down. Yeah, and, and if you're a New Yorker uh, and a Jet fan, who I think Jet fans are more extreme than than Giant fans in the city of New York, um, your Friday morning right now has to completely and totally suck. That's it's just it ain't no other way. Well, to put but you got to break down the psychology. I always tell you this: the Jets fans are, by and large, typically New York Mets fans, right? So now this year mm. aside, okay, most times. By the time football season rolls around, Mets fans are extremely frustrated. Then they go, usually, now this year was an exception, then they get the Jets. So they are a very extreme group. Whereas, think about it, the typical Giant fan is a Yankee fan. So they're usually mm-hmm. mellow by the time they get to football season. Mm-hmm. Historically. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess. I mean, Giant fans yeah. usually don't have anything to, you know, to, to, to get all hyped up about until... After Thanksgiving, as our good friend Warren Sapp would say, which, by the way, he did yes. reach out to me by text and wanted to point out to you uh, Atlanta's recent struggles and reminded both of us what he said about uh, the football season and that it doesn't begin until after you snap that turkey leg off and take a bite out of it. 
So I did want to remind him. Well, uh, well, well uh, next time he texts you, remind him that he and I are Cowboy fans, and our season will be over by Thanksgiving. So <laughs> you should not openly admit to such things, um, at least here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We don't want to chase away any of our users. He's he's. Oh, forget it. Never mind. Um, listen, here's what the Jets got coming up. They're going to get a rebound here against the Texans, albeit it's on the road. If they're not totally and mentally jacked up, they'll be able to do that. Then they're going to host the Dolphins, who I don't know the Dolphins' state of mind in two weeks from now. It may be completely and totally screwed up, or they may be heavily on the rebound. Then right. uh, they're going to have they're going to have a battle there with the Giants. Who the, this is you know that battle with the Giants is December sixth, which is which is New York Giants time. I mean they're they're you know they're at full go at that point, and they're usually a good team around that time of the year. Yeah, well they won't play. The only thing keeping the Giants being a good team this year is that they play in the NFC East. They're going to have the Titans, and um, while you would have three weeks ago call that a win. Um, I don't know. The Titans, man, might they they might be a decent football team. I mean, listen, no one's really talking about it as much. But Marcus Mariota is having uh, a decent rookie season. He really oh, is. Yeah. He's he's looked quite unlike what people thought he would look like, me included. I thought it would be best for him to, and you know what I'd been saying, it'd be nice for him to go somewhere like San Diego where he could sit and watch uh, a veteran quarterback for a little minute before he jumped in there. But, hey, the hell with that. With the limited tools in Tennessee – He's doing well, so who knows? That is a home game. We'll call that a win. Then they're going to Dallas, who will have Romo and everyone else back, and uh, we can't call that a win. Then they're ending the year with trips to New England and and Buffalo. So the Jets. Yeah, well, that was a game that, if you're looking at your schedule last night and you're the Jets, that's a game where you you figure you have to win that game. Looking at your schedule again, you can't do that though. You you, you point that out a lot. You know, it's hard to go weeks ahead in the NFL because, as the saying goes, it's who it's not. It's it's when you play somebody, not necessarily who you're playing at the time. So as you point out, any of those games um, could be tough. Like the Titans game could end up being a game that where you would think it's a win, it becomes a loss. And who knows? Maybe Romo breaks his collarbone again, and, and we got Matt Castle, and that's a win. So you don't know. Uh, perhaps, perhaps. But but know, I don't I don't have... like the Jets' chances now because. I think Buffalo jumps them obviously both in reality and just mentally in the standings. They're both five and four. The second games in Buffalo um, that really boosts their confidence, winning that game on the road in a short week. So right now, I would say it's it's going to be a struggle for the Jets to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, you know, if you're losing Thursday night games at home, I mean, then maybe there was a special circumstance here because it was Rex Ryan. And he was extra motivated because, you know, as he described it, going back to New York was like, you know, running into a girlfriend that had dumped you before. So uh, some kind of way maybe he got these guys jacked up and, you know, kudos to him on doing that. Rex Let's takes a lot of criticism. something more important to me because you know how I, I, I follow <laughs> this uh, stuff. How about those uniforms they wore last night? Oh, good grief. I mean, that was just It brutal. was hard. Like, I, you know, I'm at a place called Bow Campers down here, named after uh, famous dolphin Kim Bow Campers. So it's like a sports bar type of deal. So um, yeah. I'm in there. I'm having a, a meeting, and I look up at the screen, and I see this red team playing this green team. And I was like, what type of Christmas crap we got going on here? I, I was know, waiting like, for Will he... Ferrell. I, I thought it was a shot for Elf 2 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at those uh, well, uniforms. You know, they were saying that the colorblind people—this isn't a joke, by the way—people who are colorblind really couldn't. It, it looks monochrome, like those two colors. 
they they can't see who has the ball. Like basically, that means nothing to them when they see red and green like that on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I thought it was college football at first. Um, I did, and you know, you just up... you you just insulted college football. Sorry, but um, I'm still ticked off that college football feels like they can't compete with uh, the NFL, and we get like you know cornball matchups on these uh, on these Thursday night games. So look, I don't. Did you really watch care any watch of that game Thursday. last night? By the way, did you? Did you? I didn't see any of the Virginia Tech Georgia Tech game. I really no. Didn't. Like I, I said, I, I was that. you know I, I was I was at that I was at the Bo Campers um, having a meeting. So um, by watched meaning I saw plays here and there. Obviously, no sound in a place like that. I'll tell you what, and I'll give you a good idea of what things are like down here in South Florida on the TV. And this TV's all over the place in this joint. You know, typical sports bar. Um, you had the Miami Heat game, which you should have when you're down here in South Florida. You had the Bills and the Giants, I mean the Jets. Uh, you had Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech, uh, you know, what you should have on on a Thursday night. Um, but on most of the screens, you had Columbia taking on, I don't know who they were playing in this soccer game. They had most of the channels. They had most of the TVs there. And let me tell you something. The noise in that place when Columbia scored, kicked, had a goal, was louder than anything I've heard at Sun Life Stadium at any time that I've attended. <laughs> I swear to you. We're trying to have a meeting, and there's a guy talking there, and all I see is his lips moving because I couldn't hear a word because Columbia just scored a goal and man, woman, and child in that place is going nuts. Uh, and so that's how Florida <laughs> that's for you. That's great. That's how Florida yeah, for no, you hey. right there. That's great. Yeah, that's nothing great. bigger than any of those football games going on last night. Columbia was taking on. You know what? I do need to go find out right now who the hell was playing because now, now, now I'm super now you're interested. Yeah, while while I'm looking that up, why don't you tell the people well, what's going on with your guys because they're a complete and total – Circus. Uh, I said this yesterday. Greg Hardy better sack Jameis Winston at least two and a half times on Sunday, or I don't think he makes it out of Monday of next week because they're clamoring loud, loud, loud to get Hardy out of there because, you know, what he did was one thing. His attitude about it afterwards is um, well, not that, that great. His and Des Bryant adds to, the, adds to it yesterday, so you can talk about well, that. Well, his attitude is sickening. But see, Des I can deal with. That's Des, but Des leaves the place and – he, you know, he doesn't get in trouble. You know, he just, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes he goes off and, and he backs it up. I've seen nothing. I mean, everybody says, oh, Hardy has four sacks in four games. Four flash mm-hmm. plays? Yeah, I mean, he had four sacks. But, I mean, I'm not seeing the consistency from the guy. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, he doesn't get what he did. I mean, he doesn't really understand. In his mind, he's the victim. You could just hear by mm-hmm. the way he talks. Mm-hmm. So, um, I if I was yeah. Jerry Jones, and I'm not just this. Is funny you bring this up. I had a buddy call me this morning who's a Cowboy fan. We were talking about this, and we both agreed. If I was Jerry Jones to salvage some dignity in this season, what I would do, mm-hmm. and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. You know, I usually don't succumb to pressure, but in this case, I agree with the the masses. I would hold a press conference. I would say I, I made a very, very, very bad error in my judgment in signing Greg Hardy. And as such, uh, you know, I'm going to part ways with them. Best of luck. Have a good life. And that, that would be my way of trying to salvage what's already a bad What situation. if he goes off on Sunday, though, Emil? Gets three sacks. Who cares? 
Who cares? They're two and six. You know that's not happening. I mean, seriously. Right? You know they're not uh, letting the guy go after a three sack Sunday. Well, I know. I mean, I guess the best way to ensure he gets three sacks is tell him he's married to Jameis Winston. <laughs> I mean, it could happen. <laughs> because likely. I'm telling you right now, he's not. You know, there's certain guys. There's certain guys who are malcontent, mean on the field, but but I like them as people, and and they've actually shown themselves to be good people. They went back and helped people. A guy like Charles Haley, complete mm-hmm. malcontent on the football field, always always disgruntled hit quarterbacks like they were going out of style. But, you know, mm-hmm. he gives back now to the community. He's very involved. He's a part-time coach in, uh, in the offseason, tries to help young guys. I l- always liked Charles Haley. To me, Greg Hardy's just a bad dude. He's just he's a guy that the more I watch his actions and the way he carries himself and the way he views life and, and, and things he does wrong, honestly, without, without football, I, I suspect he would probably be in jail somewhere. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about Des Bryant. I've seen the tirade, but again, this is how I've seen it. I saw it um, at, at at the Bow Campers yesterday, um, mm-hmm. and then I'm in the gym this morning, so I saw it again. But of course, when you see it in that setting, there's no sound. So uh, I'm trying to catch up with it right now on ESPN. But why don't you tell me what what was his problem? Well, yesterday? I'm no, I'm trying to figure out. I guess he feels that he was. A story was written about the team by uh, uh, Jean-Jacques Taylor, who used to be a Cowboys uh, beat writer in Dallas, who I read for years and now works for ESPN. I didn't read the story, uh, but but I guess, you know, it's the typical uh, media reporting on the team is dirty. Um, and, that you know, that's and he just went off on him. I guess in the locker room had to be, you know, I don't think separated from Taylor. I don't think Taylor's I don't, going after Brian. But I think Brian mm-hmm. was getting a little bit, you know, up in yeah. his grill. And Jason Witten stopped an interview on his own. Witten's kind of like the uh, elder statesman and voice of reason on that team and went over and tried to calm him down. Garrett came out eventually with uh, their press secretary, Rich Dalrymple, who's been there for, I'm going to say, almost mm-hmm. 30 years. So I, I guess it got a little ugly. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. You know. I don't know what his, his, he responded on Twitter after 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 the fact and says, "Yeah, I blew up on the media, but report why I blew up on y'all." See, I don't give a f about me and calling players the n word is not professional. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if there's yeah, more I mean, to come well, on. That's in. what I don't understand because you do realize the guy writing the story is black. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I've read him for years. Matter of fact, over the years, I've had a, a couple chances to email when he was writing in Dallas stories that I liked or I had a question. He would respond to me. He's a nice guy from, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what to make of him. Uh, well, um, who knows? Maybe it's just one of those things that will go away rather quickly. Maybe someone else will do something today that will render this. Troy Aikman um, made a comment on you speaking about Hardy in the Dallas Morning News. There's a little blurb story about Aikman said basically Jerry Jones will accept anything from Hardy as long as he produces. That, that's Troy Aikman's. Um, uh, I mean, look, think about the teams Troy Aikman played with. Think of the characters on that team. Think of the things they let go. Think of the stuff they put up with, and they managed to win a championship with it. Um, and he was born mm, yeah, into that I whole... Yeah, but I think, you know, honestly, I don't want to go uh, all, uh, you know, mainstream on you here, like uh-huh. like the sports media, and grab a story and just, you know, be a, a parrot. But I will say this. I do think some of it was a little bit different than Hardy. Give you an example. 
Michael ever got caught in that hotel room with the drugs and the hookers. Now, I've always said for a long time, Michael Irvin was never a drug addict. Michael Irvin was a sex addict. Okay? I mean, if, they, if those girls were rubbing peanut butter on each other, they would have caught Michael Irvin in a room with hookers and peanut butter. Okay, it just so happened that cocaine was there. But, again, that's a football player with hookers. Not that I approve of that, but that's happened before. And drugs. We're talking about a guy who basically was, you know, tossing a, a, a beating on a woman, you know, tossing her on a bed full of guns. I mean, from the way the story goes, so, and then and then doesn't really feel really bad about it either. So, I mm. I, I just think they're different than what the, those old cowboys put up with. A lot of that stuff they put up with was a lot of crap that was going on in the '60s and '70s as well. Um, this, <laughs> this to me, I. Oh, very Hollywood Henderson? Man, I don't know. Anymore. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's just how the NFL is. Listen, Ray Rice is not in the league. He's been a guy who's – look, for, it was horrific watching what he did, but he's been uh, as apologetic, as sincere in, in trying to undo what he did uh, as anyone you've ever seen make a public mistake. But yeah, uh, he can't get back in the league. Greg Hardy did what he did, not very – uh, contrite at all, uh, kind of painting himself as a victim. He's on an NFL team, so it really just boils down to can you produce or not, and that's really what it is. And uh, you know, if Greg Hardy goes out there, like I said, and gets two, three sacks on Sunday, he's he's going to be a cowboy. And that's just what it is. I mean, it's we hate that it's like that. I'm not arguing. It is what it is. I'm, I told it, you what I would what do. I'm not. I'm not uh... I'm not arguing with you. You're right. That, that's exactly mm-hmm. what's going to happen, and I've said this for a few weeks now, that the only reason Ray Rice isn't in the NFL has nothing to do with hitting that, that his wife, or I guess it's his wife now, girlfriend, whatever she mm-hmm. is, in that elevator mm-hmm. has to do with he's not a very good running back, or at least that's what teams think at this point in his life. And the reason Greg Hardy's in the league is because people think he can still sack the quarterback. It's, it's kind of simple, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, it doesn't get any more simple than that. However... For Mr. Hardy, as you have pointed out, four sacks in four games. So, you know, like the noise is getting louder than his play. And uh, if he goes well, four sacks in four games is great, but I think that, and I'm asking you this because you're Mr. Defensive Coordinator on the show, uh, don't you see what I'm seeing? To me, his play is flash plays. Like he'll go out and he'll get a sack. And, again, fans love sacks because we understand those. But I'm not seeing the consistent domination that I would expect, especially in that game, the last couple of games he went against the disastrous Seahawks defense, offensive mm-hmm. line. And, and the Eagles were shuffling their line because Peters was out. And you would mm-hmm. expect a guy like him to just go off. I'm not saying you should have five sacks, but you'd expect the quarterback to be running all night. Yeah. Um, his play right now, even with four sacks in four games, which is okay, um, is not surpassing the loudness of the other stuff. You understand what I'm saying? So um, you're almost at the point where you say, we, well, we can do without this guy. And if he goes out there and, like I said, comes up with two, three sacks, then you're at a point where, well, are we really going to be able to do without this guy? Right. Is it worth it for us to just hold on to him, keep talking to him, and hopefully he turns a corner and then it becomes a nice human interest story at the end of the year and we still have a guy that's out there producing? It's like how long can we hold on? How long do we want to hold on? So, Well, um, I think the Dallas strategy is more along the lines of what you used to say, what you always say. I think Jerry Jones is holding on knowing no matter what this guy does, he, he'd have to get 10 sacks in a game for it to, to make it more worth the noise that, that they're feeling. 
But I think what he's hoping is that someone will screw up soon enough, and it'll be knock the news story. Knock this off the yeah, off the blotter. Off. Yeah, the, off I mean, the, somebody else will go out and do something stupid, incredibly stupid. It'll. Well, it'll is that be what Des was trying to do? Was he? <laughs> was Des trying to? Well, by the way, as we're talking to, here, I pulled up the actual. They're saying that uh, he is saying that Taylor used the N word in reference to uh, receiver Devin Street, and people around the situation, other reporters said no such thing was said. So I don't know if he was. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. Des is pretty slick, but I'm not sure he's that slick to, to turn the attention toward himself instead of Hardy. I'm not sure if he's that great of a teammate and that clever to say, oh, "I'll just go <laughs> off and they can talk about me." You know what I'm trying to say? Jimmy Johnson. Um, yeah. Did stuff oh no, like definitely. That, but Jimmy definitely. was pretty slick. Um, if you understand today's media, you you know to do things like that at opportune times. Um, but. Who knows, man? Who knows? Who knows? All right, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we'll uh, we'll jump into some college football here. We do need to preview some games coming up this weekend, and we do also need to give some picks. We have some redemption we need to do in that area, uh, both Amal and I, as we were not winners last week. Um, so I fully expect us to bounce back here. So we're going to take a very short break. As I told you, we not much audio available to us here today. So quick break, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges, step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen. break wasn't long enough for you to get a full piss in. You're just going to have to hold it to the end of the show. But welcome back. No, you Good told me this. before the show to wear my, my Depends, so I, I'm sitting on my yeah. adult Depends. Yeah, uh, yeah, a diaper, uh, a large cup, <laughs> all those things will work for you as you listen to the show today because the breaks <laughs> will not be very, very long. Um, I, don't, I don't remember your quote word for word on Troy Aikman there. But I'm reading a tweet here from Bleacher Reports, and says Troy Aikman on Jerry Jones keeping Greg Hardy. He will pretty much accept everything as long as a guy's productive. Is that what yeah, you said? That's, that's, yeah, that's what he said. I thought that was Troy Aikman saying that he would keep Greg Hardy. No, 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 no. Troy uh, saying Jones. about Jerry. Troy's, I don't think Troy's a pretty Is that like a little bit of a slap? Or... Is that a little bit of a slap to Jerry's face there? Uh, listen, would Jerry be happy to read that? Aikman's the best color guy in the game because he's admittedly, you know, he's like Irvin. Cowboys are pretty good about their old their old players. They stay around Dallas usually, and they're Cowboy fans. I mean, Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin make no bones about it. They talk about the team in terms of we, okay? So they're Cowboy fans to the core. And I, I suspect Aikman probably is deep down too, but he gives it to them when he has to. And he's honest about Jerry mm. Jones. I've heard him do it yeah. on games. I mean, that's what I like about Aikman. You're, you get it straight from him. He's right, too. He's not. Is anything he said there outside what you just said? Um, no, no, but, you know, I don't, I don't know Jerry Jones like that. And what, 
What's been the hardest thing he's had to deal with? Uh, that's a good question for Dallas Cowboys fans. What's been the hardest thing Jerry Jones has had to deal with um, as off the field as, as the owner of the Cowboys? Josh Brett killing his friend a couple of years ago in the drunk driving, I think, was, was just horrible because someone actually died there. And it was a two, two, uh, one guy was on the practice squad. I think that was bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, that was, um, you know, loss of life uh, pushes you to the front of my line. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I suppose. I suppose that would be it. Um, he's had a number of things, so he should be well-oiled in this area. Okay, Chad, he brings uh, it on himself, man. He's listen. Jerry is all all sizzle, no steak. Jerry Jerry doesn't care about substance. All the things you and I talk about on this show, when you build an organization, you know, we were going through a couple weeks ago or last week about you asked me and I said, well, the Steelers and the Patriots because of stability, whatever. And we mm-hmm. kind of both agreed. Mm-hmm. It's he's the opposite, man. He is about he wants to hear that grill and the the, the you know the the the, the butter's going on the grill and the steaks on there. The steak could be a piece of crap. But as long as yeah. it smells good on the grill and looks pretty good, that's what he cares about. I don't, I don't know. Do 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 they have do do Cowboys fans have an appreciation for that though? Yeah, I, I know everyone wants their team to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Only one team can win the Super Bowl every year. But Jerry Jones has made the Dallas Cowboys the most interesting team um, year in and year out, um, whether they've been in it or not. And well, I don't know what they were when he bought them. Here's right? where I'm going to disagree with you on that. The people that came before him, whose shoulders he stands on, Tex Schramm mm-hmm. and Tom Landry, they did that by winning a lot, okay? Mm-hmm. And they created a huge fan base, very similar to the mm-hmm. Yankees and Lakers fan bases, okay? Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame and Duke and basketball, all that, okay? So what happens is mm-hmm. he's been able to, sure, he had success when he was there. I'm not going to dispute that. But he's been able mm-hmm. to inherit a team when he purchased it that already had built-in success. They were a sleeping mm-hmm. giant. He woke mm-hmm. them up for a while, and now what happens is he's living off that success. And that's Cowboy games have always been the highest-rated NFL games, generally speaking, because they have a huge fan base. No different than when the but Yankees... But it's a different time, Emil. This is a different NFL. Uh, the players are more mobile. It's very difficult to set yourself up a dynasty. I mean, the Patriots have been fortunate in that they've had uh, the same coach and same quarterback, quarterback and for all this time. Yeah, they've been able to do that. Only really one team can do that in the league at a time. Outside of that, though, you're not the Patriots. I mean, the Cowboys in this day and age of tabloid media and social media have managed to be um, front and center, whether they're winning at asking, all or you not. You think I'm asking for a lot as a fan? If let's see, this is the 20th year that they're not going to make the Super Bowl. Do you think I'm asking for a lot as a fan of the richest, most Damn, successful team in the NFL? Then? Yeah, 1995. Do you think I'm asking for a lot if maybe they could play in the damn NFC Championship game? Or, or do you think I'm being hard on them? Well, when you put it that way, I guess. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. He's he's he's, he's P.T. Barnum. He's got a damn circus going down there. Oh, man. Yeah, well. I mean, God almighty. Uh, uh, it's three I'm so rings frustrated, too. Chad. Let's, can we just talk about college football, please? Please, just we get did me promise off this people we'll talk about college football, so college football we'll talk about. Your boys are playing tonight. A nice little Friday night game at Colorado, just what everyone would want. Um, what do you think about them taking on 
the good old Buffaloes tonight. They, could they have a problem there? Could there be well, a problem um, for them? I don't. Well, I don't expect them to lose. Although anything's possible, I do expect. If I, I would, I'm not going to make this a pick, so I'll talk about it. I would probably take the points if I wasn't a USC fan looking at this game. Um, I think this new coach is very comfortable. Uh, he's gravitating more towards the Nick Saban style. He's going to run the ball 40 or 50 times. He doesn't care what the final score is. Last week they had a 15-point lead against Arizona with two minutes left. He had freshmen running around out there, prevent defense. Arizona scored with 11 seconds left. It ends up 38-30. That's, I mean, this game to me, 16-and-a-half is a huge number at Colorado. I think Colorado's an improved team. They can put up some points. And matter of fact, if I was looking to do something and watch this game tonight, I'd probably choose over 61 in this game. I, I, this has the feel of something like 42-30 to me. <laughs> Yeah, no, I would absolutely, um, if I was making a pick on this game, take Colorado. Uh, Colorado, as I said uh, last week, and, and and I've said on a occasion on this show, is an improved team over last year. There's no question about that. They do fight very hard at home. They're a feisty team, and they'll hang in there. And they'll do that tonight at home, and a chance to play, a rare chance for Colorado to play in front of, uh, a national television audience, I think there will be full go on that. USC's got Oregon next week. Um, so even though Oregon is not the I Oregon they used to be. It's a big game tonight for USC because if they win, they put themselves in position to really have a nice season. I mean, if you look at everything mm-hmm. that went down there, um, you know, the Sark preseason crap, the, the, the drunk stuff, getting rid of the coach, they win tonight. They're on a four-game winning streak. They close at Oregon, who is very beatable right now and then home with UCLA. And if they ever ran the table and ended up 9-3, and that'd be a hell of a season given where they came from. Yeah, 9-3 so. um, and three in a season in which you fired your coach in the middle of the year. You you know, you got to be happy about that. In a tough if conference. You can hang around. Uh, yeah, in a tough conference. You're not in a, in a, in a boo-boo conference, let me say. Um, and if you can hang around 9 wins, uh, 10 wins every year, you do yourself some good. So for, for, for USC – you could call this a fallback year, and if your fallback year means you ended up nine and three, hopefully you can win the bowl game and get the ten wins. Then you know, listen, Miami well, fans forget, would love. Though, if they end up nine and three, Utah one one Utah loss in any of their last three games. If that scenario plays out, USC's playing in the Pac-12 championship game. Right. So a chance to even get to double digits wins yes. before you even get to a bowl game. So look, Miami fans down here would love to be around nine wins. Uh, in a fallback year, nine wins has been uh, the 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 peak uh, over the last ten years. Well, I want to say you know, the I, University of you're Miami. always hard on Miami fans, and they deserve it when they don't show up. I agree with you on that part. But here's the point: I mm. think most fans don't get, and this is where Nebraska fans are learning. Nine mm. and three in today's college football is a really damn good record. The days of just mm. the powerhouses going twelve and zero, eleven and one every year, those days mm. are over, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you agree? Mm-hmm. The only reason you're seeing Baylor do it is they schedule four cream puffs out of conference every year. So you don't like Baylor's schedule, is what you're saying? Well, we've talked about that. It's not a surprise <laughs> to you. It's a joke. Hey, listen, I happened to uh, just really sit down and watch Texas Tech and West Virginia yesterday. I don't know why, uh, but I did it. Yeah, why did you? And, yeah. and, and, and the amount of time that the t- – Two quarterbacks in this game, especially Texas Tech's quarterback, had to throw the ball was ungodly. I mean, it was ridiculous. Oh! And it led me to it led me to tweet. I don't. You can't. You can't take a quarterback high in the NFL draft from this from this conference. They know nothing of 
every pocket is as clean as a whistle. Like, well, let's uh, talk about that guy more important. Important. I didn't understand your tweets, Chad. I was actually ready to call your house and put you under concussion protocol. I was going to have Carmen start asking you Why? questions. Because <laughs> your tweets are coming in, and I'm reading them like this dude is tweeting about West Virginia, Texas Tech, and I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? It's like, <laughs> and then I, you, what, you, you watched a replay. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there, okay. there, there wasn't a Thursday afternoon game. Um, I, I'll often, well, I didn't know, you know what you were I'd, doing. Listen. No, man. I'm usually obviously traveling on the weekend, so I don't get to see games live, and I got to catch up with them during the week. So, you know, I'm I'm like I'm like you know, in a world of social media and daily newspapers, I'm like Sports Illustrated. I'm going to come and report on uh, <laughs> going to come report on the game uh, a week or two after the game actually happened, you know, and give you my thoughts on it. And that's all. I, I had this puzzled look on my face. Denise said to me, what's wrong? I said, well, Chad's tweeting about a game that was played like five days ago. <laughs> yeah, no, no, man. De- <laughs> definitely a re- definitely a replay and good grief, man. That guy is standing back there. He could have braided, he, he could have braided someone's hair back there before he decided where he wanted to go with that ball. And that's just, that ain't, that's not football. There's all the sorts of wrong with that conference. If you, if you, I mean, people who listen to the show think that I pick on it, but, I mean, if you just sit back and try to watch Big 12 football and you're a real, what I say, a person who grew up watching the football we watched, it's just hard to watch. I mean, there's guys running all the time in 8- and 10-yard patches of turf and grass. No one's around them. I mean, you watch a Baylor game. There's you want to know why Baylor receivers and quarterbacks don't get drafted that often or or do much? There's just mm-hmm. guys running around free all the time in that conference. Well, I did say this though. Um, maybe you do want to look at defensive backs in the Big Twelve because for crying out loud, man, they're covering forever back there. I mean, six. Oh no, covering I agree with you. On the regular, if they can cover. No, I agree. Yeah, I'm with I, you. I, I mean, unbelievable. So. All right, we do need to talk about some games this week, and as we've been doing over the uh, last few weeks, you throw out some of those biggies out there, and if I've got a pick on it, I'll give you well, my Let me go down the list yeah. here. I'm going to try to avoid ones I know I picked and hope that uh, and hope I'm avoiding some of yours. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I sit here and I, you know, this isn't a game I care much about as far as the points, but I'm just curious, and you don't have to comment, but the Michigan State-Maryland game, I'm wondering what will Michigan State do this week? Are they going to come into that game angry? They're 15-point favorites, or are they going to come in kind of dejected because, you know, they just saw an undefeated season go down the tubes by what you know many think was a bad call. So that that's a that's game a I'll keep an eye one. on early. Yeah, yeah, it's a. I don't have a pick on it. It's a tough game no. to forecast, to be quite honest with you, because you would almost have to be in or around the team to kind of get an idea, or at least attend a practice. Uh, to get an idea of where they are mentally on that. That was a tough way to lose a game last week. You didn't expect to lose to a Nebraska. Um, things were kind of setting up nice for you, and then you take that. And so, you know, what's 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 the mindset? They should beat Maryland. It is a home game. I'd like to think with a coach like D'Antonio, uh, they do come out with the right proper frame of mind and come out. But covering more than two touchdowns here, this is just not an attractive game from that standpoint to be picking. So, uh, one of those. No, here's sit back here's one I, I almost made a pick. Um, I sit here and I, I I'm looking at Memphis, and all of a sudden they went from everybody's darling um, to their getting seven points at Houston. Um, I was very tempted to take Memphis in this spot. They lost last week to Navy. Navy's just a tough matchup, especially if you're not a defensive team and Memphis isn't. 
Um, I, yeah, I, I do have to say, man, um, I missed that pick last week because, you know, I'm, I've been heavily focused on the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and I've, you know, told myself I'm going to stay in those two conferences. If I wasn't doing that and was scanning the board, I would have jumped all over that because uh, – and, and a little bit for what you just said there, that's a tough game for Memphis. Um, if you're not all about defense – um, you can get caught by those triple option teams, and that's exactly what happened to Memphis. Yeah, they got and caught. They turned it over three times. That didn't help the cause. And they had, on the schedule, road dates at Houston and Temple coming up. So I think they may have mm-hmm. – it's hard to believe they would, but you could. I think they might have just got ahead of themselves, kind of overlooked a very good Navy team. And they go here in a but spot so on, where they're But being... so on this one, this is more up their alley. Um, this is a shoot yes. them out deal, kind of like what they had with Cincinnati earlier this year. And to be honest with you, Houston's flying high, and everyone loves their coach and thinks their coach, you know, with half a year on the job is fit to coach every open job that there is in America. And there may be a busting of a balloon in this contest because, you know, Memphis's Cinderella season is over where they could have been crying at the end to why didn't we get into the top four is is over. So they may be a little bummed by that, but there's also an opportunity here to prove that um, they're the bigger gunslingers than this team. Wouldn't surprise me for Memphis to win this game. No, and let me me toss this out before we move on. Here's the Houston schedule to date, you know, for people who are taking a look. They played Texas Tech. Then they played what we know is an overrated Louisville team at this point. Texas State, Tulsa, SMU, Tulane. Central Florida, Vanderbilt, and then last week a three-point win against Cincinnati. So I'm saying Houston's a little bit of they haven't played their toughest games yet. So I, I think this may be one of those games where you see an undefeated season go down down the tubes. Yeah, um, you know that you know that's going to get popped at some point. This would be a good spot for that to happen. What else do we need to pay attention to? Um, what do you think? I know it's a huge line, but I'm curious. What do you think about Clemson going to Syracuse as four touchdown favorites after that win last week? Uh, don't like it. Um, don't like it at all. Syracuse has proven themselves to be tough. They will battle you. Um, you know, LSU game earlier this year at their place um, was a demonstration of that. We are getting to the point of the in time of the year where some of these teams who had a little piss and vinegar at the beginning of the year have uh, kind of pissed it away because the season is not turning out right. But this for Syracuse is a, maybe the last chance this season to, to, to you know, feel good about something. And if they can upset the, uh, the number one team in the country, this is their bowl game basically. Cause they're sitting here with, they're sitting here with three wins, um, you know, if they want to get to six, they have to win this one to have any kind of shot at a bowl. So you do need to win this game. If you don't get to the bowl game, this is your bowl game uh, against yeah. Clemson. So they'll be. I just yeah, don't see how fully... Clemson brings it. You really got to bring it to, to to cover four touchdowns on the road in a conference game. You, you really have to. You know, do they have the talent to do that? Sure, they do. Mm-hmm. Do, do I think mm-hmm. they're going to have the emotion to do that? I don't. I think no. Syracuse will no. will give them everything they they can handle for a while, and that'll be enough to sneak under that number. Yeah, um, and looking at, you know, just going ahead here on Clemson's schedule, they're at the Syracuse, um, a game they should win, but, but, well, could lose. Could be one of them things. You know, game ends up in the fourth quarter, um, funny stuff can happen. The Wake Forest game at home, no way in hell they lose that. Um, that game at the end of the year against South Carolina, though South Carolina is suffering through one of their worst seasons in, you know, a decade. That could be one. That could be something there. That could be a very tough game for them. So, um, 
I find that game for some reason is is going to be more. It interesting could be. Well, South Carolina certainly has. You know, they have SEC caliber players, obviously. So you know, mm-hmm. on a, on a, any given Saturday in a, in a rivalry game, when you're playing a team that has talent like a South Carolina, I mean, it could happen. So no, I mean, they, I mean, look at who's North Carolina's only lost this year. I know it was the first game of the year. South Carolina. Mm-hmm. South Carolina. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So all right, um, we here's one for you. This it. is an We're not picking it, but we like Syracuse. Yeah, we do. Yeah, this is this is an interesting one in the ACC for you. I got Florida State. They're seven and two, playing NC State. Florida State coming back off that uh, that loss last week to Clemson. Is this a bounce back game? Do you see Florida State taking a two NC State in this game, or what? what you see NC State hanging around? Numbers too think? low, um, Emil. If you ask me, um, I might have been able to bite if this thing was thirteen or fourteen, but it's just too low. Um, Florida State's at home. They're big boys. They could they could handle the fact that they you know uh, went and played a Clemson team in which they were two touchdown underdogs and had opportunities to win. There was enough that went on there for them to feel good about themselves. Um, you know, if Dalvin Cook's not going to play in this game, then we got a different story. But um, far as I know, he is playing in it. I think Florida State snaps back here and uh, plays a good game ahead of the big showdown they have with UT Chattanooga next week. <laughs> okay, on that note, I mean, we'll I got no to room big... to talk, man. I mean, Florida's going to go play FAU at the end of the year. I'm with you, man. That is a big pile of crap. To have those games at this point in the season is just... It's a downer. Oh, you, man. you get ready for a weekend really of college is. football, and you're like, holy crap, I, these are the games I get to watch in the SEC? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a fat girl with pimples on a blind date. Is what it is. Yeah, totally and completely. Now different. here's so. one for you: the rocking chair league. Uh, we got West Virginia home as an eight and a half point favorite against Texas. Texas has quietly won three out of four. Somewhere in that streak, though, they managed to beat Oklahoma, Kansas State, and obviously Kansas last week. Somehow they went to Iowa State and got shut out twenty four nothing. So I'm not sure what to make of Texas in this game on the road. I think Texas's head coach, Charlie Strong, um, got wrapped up in thinking about some of these other jobs. I think that's what happened going into Iowa State. Um, here's, here's a phenomenon. I think I talked about this on a show in which you weren't on with me. You know, in years past, and you and I have observed this, what has happened to those coaches who, were either, who had either accepted another job or were high up on the list for other jobs when they were going into bowl games? They get completely oh, they usually... mopped up in bowl games. Yeah, they do. What we, what, what we have this year, I think, is an unusual amount of coaches that were fired in the middle of the year. And when that happens, now other coaches that are coaching become candidates for these jobs. And their name's getting bandied about. And coaches are never honest about their intentions um, of leaving a place when they're actually coaching at that place. And I think a part of Charlie Strong um, was thinking about some of these other jobs. And that might have been what happened there with Iowa State. That's that's like the bowl game you're going to, and you got other stuff on your mind. He had other stuff on his mind. Team wasn't as prepared, and Iowa State stuck it to him. Uh, maybe there's an indication that he's closed the door on some of that, the way they came back last week. But um, I think Texas, I you know you know I really shouldn't have watched that West Virginia Texas Tech game yesterday because I'm. I don't have a high opinion on on West Virginia. Though I will say this, they ran the hell out of the ball. Texas Tech not really stout against a run, but they got a decent running game, which might help them here. I don't like them as an eight and a half point favorite against Texas, though. Just I no. said all that to say that. 
I don't, I don't like, like the I don't game like generally. I mean, it's one I I have no feel for it. I mean, I could see Texas going and laying an egg on the road, traveling up up north and getting blown out, or I could see Texas going there and winning the game. I mean, it's just one of those games I just don't have a feel for that conference most of the time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the next one. This one is not one I'm even looking for. Just I, I note Notre Dame coming off uh, their number four now in the playoff poll. Uh, they finished mm-hmm. the season in a, a huge game uh, at Stanford. Mm-hmm. And in between, they've got to take care of Wake Forest and Boston College. Uh, they're 26.5-point favorites. Hard game there. Wake Forest does play a little bit of defense. Um, I don't expect them to win the game, but I, I, don't, I just don't know the mindset of Notre Dame in this game um, and how much they care about blowing out Wake Forest. Did you actually throw a Notre Dame-Wake Forest game into the heap here? I'm just going down the list here, but bear with me, because the next one you could talk more about. Yeah, I know. I, I'd, uh, I apologize I'd, I'd to take, the listeners. I'd take Notre Dame, man, and not, not yeah. going to go that far with it. Are you going to talk Alabama-Mississippi State? Yes, I am. That, this is, did, did, I didn't make a pick on this, did you? No, I didn't. I do know this. Alabama off a big win, facing a uh, team with a quarterback that can run the ball, big problem. Big, big problem. That's been Alabama's kryptonite. Uh, I mean, and who's better at being a dual threat than Dak Prescott right now? So uh, I think there's a dangerous game for for Alabama. They're a healthy favorite in this one, and so there could be some shenanigans. Uh, Maybe they win the game. Uh, They're expected to win the game. They should win the game, but it's probably one of those where Saban walks out and says, a win's a win at this point in the season. So uh, I don't like that. I think this is a game. You know, here's where I struggle with this game. I don't think there's going to be a ton of points in the game. Um, I struggle liking Mississippi State more. I, I started to look at St. G's. You know, coming off that win, I really do like Mississippi State. I was about to make them a pick. Then I like mm-hmm. to see who they play just to get a flavor for how they got to where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, early in the season, for some godforsaken reason, um, the SEC had them play LSU the second week of the season, yet next week we're going to watch a bunch of uh, FCS teams roll in. So I can't figure that one out for the life of me. But they mm-hmm. took a two-point loss to LSU. They lost by 13 to A&M. And in between, mm-hmm. they really haven't played anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, they've got Missouri and Kentucky and Louisiana Tech and Troy and Northwestern State and Southern Miss. So I'm scared to see them step, I, I, as they say in horse racing, I think this is a huge step up in competition for them uh, based on what they faced to this mm-hmm. point in the season. And that, that's what will mm-hmm. keep me from taking Mississippi State in this game. Yeah, um, I guess. I, I, I think I just like Mississippi State in this one. Alabama off that LSU win. It's been uh, an emotion, a, a, a very taxing on the emotional standpoint for Alabama the last two, three weeks. And this could be one where they try to relax, and this isn't the team to relax on. So, um, you know, if I was picking this, I'd go Mississippi State. What What's next up? Um, I did not make – I'm going to jump over the Canes unless you have something to say. I've got no way to fit uh, the I, I like where they're at. Listen, there, here's my thought on the Canes in North Carolina. North Carolina's offense is clicking like all hell right now, as we saw last week, going nuts on Duke. Sometimes there's a let off, a let up after you either shut a team out or you hang 60-plus on a team. So that's going to work against North Carolina in this contest. However, the fact that they've got offense rolling and Miami's forte is not defense could spell a really big problem. And – uh, you know, beating Duke uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it took all kind of laterals to get that big win. Um, 
you know, it's uh, as when's the last time Miami won a big road game? And apparently your dog in the background agrees with me. Uh, so my dog, uh, my dog's going North crazy. Carolina. When you start talking about Miami, my little dog started going nuts. <laughs> my so, little Yorkie yeah, said, Miami, Miami. Yeah, there you go. So I, I don't like North Carolina's offense against my school's defense right now. And that's just, no, I don't. That's, that's just that's, me you know being what, real. After, I have to be honest with you. After that Clemson game, I'm not going to trust Miami until I see them play defense against a good offense again. I just can't trust yeah, Miami at this there, point. There, there you have it. I did not make a pick on this game. I'm not the big game hunter this week, by the way. Um, mm. I started looking at this Baylor-Oklahoma game a little bit, and I know I said to you um, either last week or off-air off, off air that I, I thought Oklahoma could beat Baylor, but the more I look at this game and see how Oklahoma's done, in their last three or four meetings with Baylor. Uh, just because I said Oklahoma I thought could win, I will not make Baylor a pick and then be mad that I, you know, I switched, changed my mind. But the more I look at this, uh, I have to, I'd have to lean toward Baylor at home as only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Look, I don't, for obvious reasons, have stayed clear of the Big 12 um, because I just can't, I can't mess with I can't mess with teams that don't play defense. I, I got to be honest with you. That's maybe a weakness for me. When you're looking at two teams that don't play defense, I find it very difficult to figure out who the hell is going to win. And I think uh, the games usually are very very unpredictable. So uh, I'll say this: um, Baylor had a little bit of a wake up call last week against Kansas State. They played a Thursday night game, a couple extra days to prepare. Um, you and I know not to trust Bob in these type of football games. I do remember watching them. I distinctly remember this last year, watching Baylor play Oklahoma, and the Stoops brothers had no answer whatsoever. It was as defeated as I've seen a defensive coordinator and defensive team look like in my life. Um, The corners played off. They ran hitch routes. The corners pressed. They ran fades, and everything hit. And I just can't get that image out of my head. I don't think Oklahoma defensively has an answer for Baylor. Period. Mm, well, prove me let wrong. me give you the last. Let me give you the last two meetings here. Two years ago in Baylor, forty-one twelve Baylor. Last year at Oklahoma, forty-eight fourteen Baylor. That well, that is a speaks little to too what I hard. Yeah, that's a little too hard for me to make a pick on Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, I like what what major revelation has come through the defensive conference room over there at Oklahoma that's going to undo what, what the hell Baylor's been doing. Like, Baylor's been up in these guys uh, the last couple of years. and I don't Well, know let me exactly tell you what I think this is predicated on. It's predicated on Oklahoma losing to Texas, and then here's their last four games, and this is why I'm going to tell you why I care less about Oklahoma after I went through this. They beat Kansas State at Kansas State 55 nothing. Kansas State was changing quarterbacks that game, their starter had gone out for the year with an injury, so that was a disaster for K-State. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech, they beat them 63-27. We know Texas Tech isn't fond of playing defense. They beat Kansas 62-7, to and there's nothing that needs to be said about Kansas football. Okay, mm-hmm. it, it, you know it's a, it's a dumpster fire. And then they came home and beat Iowa State 52-16. So if, Who was well, fresh what, off of a Texas win they shouldn't have had, right? They, well, so, basically, they got four teams there. They got the bottom of the Big 12, and they put up over 50 points in every game. So now you've got people looking well, at Oklahoma. Well, and Oklahoma is counting their, counting their chest hairs, and yes, it's probably going to get shaved by Baylor. Just Let's just be honest. Before we go into our picks, uh, Georgia and Auburn, you got a pick on that? Pardon me? Georgia and Auburn, pick. Do, do I have, have a pick? On that? Yeah. No, God, no. 
I don't know who's going to win that game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Auburn's. I think Auburn's on a little bit of an upswing, and Georgia not so much. Uh, they're still wondering what's going to happen with their coaching situation. A little bit too much turmoil there, and Auburn's got this game at home, and they're trying to they're trying to build some momentum up here, momentum up here through the end of the year. So you know, a one and a half point favorite. Uh, not too much for Auburn in this game. I, I'd lean in Auburn's direction. Yeah, probably I would too. I mean, I'm, you know, at this point, I mean, but I do think this is one of those games that you know I, I wouldn't be real excited about taking. I think I go either way. If Georgia won the game, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Auburn's been up and down all year, so is Georgia. It's just a tough game to figure for me. But I like your logic. All right, so let's roll so out roll the games it. that we. Yeah, let's roll out the games we really feel good about. Uh, really quick and fast here. Tell the people what you like in college football. Okay, week. you're sitting at 20 and 10 in college. I'm sitting at uh, 17 and 13, so I need to need to do some work here. Um, I'm going to start mm-hmm. in the the first game. I'm I'm going to take, believe it or not, I'm going to go to a team that's not very good and take a lot of points. I'm taking Purdue mm-hmm. plus 15 and a half points at Northwestern. Um, mm-hmm. One thing Purdue's showing you for the most part this year, save that game last week. I don't know what the hell they were doing last week, but. Um, They've they've seemed to want to fight in these games. You know, they they played Wisconsin, they lose twenty four seven. They play Michigan State, they lose twenty four twenty one. Then you turn around, and you watch Northwestern. They were in a huge game with Penn State that they won at the gun, and they got a trip mm-hmm. on the docket to Wisconsin next week. And in between, they got to take care of Purdue as a fifteen and a half point favorite. That's asking a lot uh, from mm-hmm. Northwestern. And for me. It's a conference game. I think Purdue will show a little bit of fight here. It's a, a rivalry game in the you know in the state of Illinois. So I'll take Purdue uh, plus the fifteen and a half points there. Yeah, kind of like that pick. Uh, I'm a little leery of losing teams on the road this late in the year, but I'm with you. Purdue looks like they still have a pulse. So hopefully uh, you didn't get bamboozled on that. But if they're playing anyway like they have in the last few weeks, I think you're good on that one. Yeah, then I come home and I and I say to myself, here's a, here's a team that just they're good at one thing, and that's getting you excited, and then figuring mm-hmm. out a way to lose at the end. But they seem this seems like enough points for them to do what they do well at the end, lose but cover for you. And I'm going to take Indiana mm-hmm. plus thirteen and a half points at home uh, against Michigan. I think it's a tough spot. You're asking Michigan again to go out and just roll somebody on the road. Michigan's been. Yeah, you know, they've they've been struggling a little bit. They had a tough game at Minnesota on the road. Uh, you know, they had the tough game before that with with Michigan State that they blew at the end. Uh, last week they got back on track and pummeled Rutgers at home. But now they go uh, to Penn State next week, who they definitely view as more of a threat than Indiana. And then they finish with the rivalry game against Ohio State. I think this is one of those games where. And they might just get a little ahead of themselves and make it close. And Indiana likes to throw the ball over the yard, so the back mm-hmm. door should be open all day. So I'm going to take Indiana plus the 13.5. Almost made that one a pick. I'm just a little bit scarred about what Indiana did last week. You're Back angry, I understand. Couldn't stop you're, 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 yeah, you're yeah. I, it, I'm pissed. So, you know, I'm kind of one of those things where I just, you know. And here's one I hate to do don't it because do that I'd rather. Myself again. Here's one I want to sit there and just, you know, I feel like I jinx it because you know how much I'll be rooting for this team, but I just can't not take this. I'm going to take Washington State getting 10.5 points against UCLA. Um, mm-hmm. Washington State's shown fight all year. There's nothing here that says to me that they shouldn't be able to hang within this number. I mean, mm-hmm. UCLA has been in some of these games against teams like this that score, and they seem to be giving up a lot of points this year. Um, I look at Washington State. Uh, they took Stanford to the wire. Uh, they lost mm-hmm. to Cal by six points. 
the only thing you, is a head scratcher is that first game at home against a good FCS team. They lost to Portland State 24-17. But overall, I mean, they've had a solid campaign. You're getting double digits against the UCLA team that's tended to give up a lot of points. Colorado scored on them. Stanford hung 56 on them. Arizona State hung 38 on them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the 10.5. Call me a sucker. Hey, I'm a sucker here. I mean, Washington State did the trick for me last week. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I, I feel good about them, unlike I, how I feel about Indiana. But, um, you know, Washington State can throw the ball around and, and they'll keep throwing. So, that, you know, the back door is always open with that. All right, here's what I'm going with in college football this week. Last week I went against Nebraska, um, and, you know, they came up with an improbable win and a point spread cover against Michigan State. This week they're on the road after that big magical win. Hey, how about I just – Go against them again. They got to be too drunk off of that. That might have been their season almost right there last week against Michigan State. They probably haven't stopped talking about how that kid ran the out of bounds comeback in, and we're all good play that they probably practiced yep. all week long. Um, so I don't know that they're mentally fit to go into uh, Rutgers and be an eight and a half point favorite. Not this Nebraska team. Not what I've seen this year. So. I am going to snap up those points with Rutgers and keep my fingers crossed that the Scarlet Knights feel like playing some football. Because if they do, they could win this game straight up against a punch drunk, not a punch drunk, but a, a, a hungover Nebraska football team. I just don't yes. know that Nebraska is going to be I like that high for this football game. I like that so I'm going to roll with that. Last year, Arizona completely and absolutely pounded Utah, pounded them, killed them, crushed them, smushed them, all those good, um, you know, Verbs you want to use there. They did all that to Utah. Utah is a different football team this year. They're coming into Arizona with revenge on their mind, thinking, hey, you stepped on our face at our place last year. We're going to return the favor, and you know what? We are good enough to do that. After losing to USC in that you know crazy odd game, Utah's battled back the last two weeks and picked up some some you know pretty good wins. You know Oregon State's not good this year, so they did manage to pull their act together and win that game, and then went on the road against a pretty good Washington team and picked up a win by double digits last week. So they come into this game feeling good and payback as a mother. And Arizona not as strong this year as last year. So I am going to uh, back Utah as a road favorite in this one. Okay. You know I'm not I'm not I'm not huge on road favorites, but I think in a revenge situation like this, the motivation really is on the all on the sides of the Utes, and I'm going to go with them. And believe it or not, man, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to roll with Washington in their game against Arizona State. I'm just not a buyer of Arizona State, Amon. You know, and this two years running, because you and I, what did we say about what did we say about their Well, they defense? play casino football. You know, there's an old saying in football, <laughs> and I'm sure you've heard this. When you blitz, the band is going to play. It's just a matter of which one. <laughs> right, <laughs> you exactly. Know. And and they want to just do it all the, all the freaking time. And this is another revenge game. Um, Arizona State came into Washington last year, and you know it wasn't as good of a Washington, a Washington team last year. Came came up there to Seattle and walked out as a two touchdown uh, winner. And I think Washington's got a little bit of revenge on their mind uh, with that. So I think they're going to come into this game highly motivated. On top of the fact that they're coming off of a home loss against Utah, that's like a double whammy there for for Washington. So if anyone had a better week of practice. And focused, I think it would be this Washington team. Yes, Arizona State did lose on the road last week against Washington State. Um, it was a game in which their defense held Washington State to 15 yards rushing. 
You're not supposed to lose a game where you hold your opponent to 15 yards rushing, but nevertheless, no, uh, the 497 yards passing they gave up did them in. It's the second time this year that they've given up 400 plus yards passing. Um, so I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna back Washington on this one as a small underdog, uh, just off of the revenge factor and uh, roll like that. So that's what I've got. Taking Washington as a two and a half point underdog, I am gonna back Utah as a six point road favorite. It is six points, correct? Yes. Am I right on that? And I'm yes. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna back the guys from Jay Z uh, as eight and a half point underdogs against uh, the Cornhuskers. I picked more Cornhuskers this year than I probably should have. We took a lot, ton of points here. Yeah, we did most definitely. So uh, that's. That's where we're at. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to give you our NFL picks right out after the break, and if time permits, we'll discuss whatever else is on the table in the NFL. Quick break. We'll be right back. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit squidironsuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Squidironsuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. Hopefully you had a chance to drop that piss in the cup because we're right back at you again here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Football Friday edition. We're going to roll right into our NFL picks, Emil. No time to waste right here. I will say this. I, there isn't a ton that I like um, in terms of uh, picking the game standpoint on the NFL board this week. But nevertheless, uh, I'm, I'm uh, going to roll out there and give you, give you the sauce. All right? Um, the Chicago Bears. Lay it on me. Won a, yeah, the Chicago Bears won a game last week. Um, it is rare in recent history for the Bears to win back-to-back games. It is more rare for the Bears to win back-to-back road games, which is what they would have to do this week if they were to beat the St. Louis Rams, who are home off of a loss. So, I mean, I just set that up there for you. Rams, decent team, at home off of a loss. Bears, not-so-decent team, won a game on the road, and it was a Monday nighter, and now they're on the road. I mean, come on, everything just sets up come here on. for a St. Louis Rams win. I mean, come on, this – Freebie, all right. Um, now, now watch the Rams go piss all over. No, nah, exactly. I'm gonna makes, take the Rams in this sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bears sense. short week. Um, Cutler not gonna be the kind of guy to get these guys to really care because he himself does not necessarily care. Although he's played better. Okay, you saw my boy yeah. Jay on Monday night lighting them up. Yeah. I, the Bears can't win back-to-back road games. Rams home off nope. of a loss. I'm gonna roll with the Rams. Seven-point favorites in this game. I will take that. Listen, I'm a, a closet Oakland Raiders fan this year. I love the way they fought out there in Pittsburgh last week. They showed me something in that game. I joke with our coaches over at American Heritage when I came to practice a couple times this week that this Minnesota Vikings-Oakland Raiders game is a preview of the Super Bowl matchup. Um, they all asked me to go to the office to get uh, one of the drug tests there and, and you know, go piss in a cup. But nevertheless, I'm, I'm kind of halfway playing around, although, listen, I wouldn't be totally surprised. Weird things happen in the NFL. These are two good football teams. Vikings off of a big win last week. Um, we don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to start. We don't know if Teddy Bridgewater knows where he is. Um, 
and the Raiders are just small favorites in this. And I like the Raiders. I love the way the Raiders are playing right now. I love the play they're getting out of Derek Carr. Uh, I like their running back, Latavius Murray. I like some of the things they're doing on defense. And, and, and you know, they've, they're getting the most out of their first-round pick, Amari Cooper. How could you not like the Raiders at home as a three-point The Raiders. Yeah, I'm going to roll with that. All right, we were talking about back-to-back wins and back-to-back losses. Denver Broncos took one on the chin last week against the Indianapolis Colts. If the Denver Broncos are going to be what they think they're going to be this year, you can't lose back-to-back games, and the back-to-back loss can't come at the hands of uh, one of your divisional opponents who you beat on the road last year. I love divi- I love good teams playing at home against a divisional opponent they beat on the road earlier in the season, uh, and it's not been a good year for Kansas City. Um, I think the Broncos are going to be all about business in this home game against the Chiefs and uh, will battle back quite handsomely from their loss to Indianapolis. Whether Akib, I didn't poke him in the eye on purpose to leave his playing in this game or not. I'm going to back the Broncos as five-and-a-half-point underdogs in this. So this is a so kind of week where that. I go 3-0. and um, The 3-0 and weekend goes like this. Denver, five-and-a-half-point favorites over Kansas City. Oakland at home as a small three-point favorite over the Minnesota Vikings in my Super Bowl preview. And the St. Louis Rams, no way in high hell you're going to lose to the Chicago Bears, who already won last week, and that's it for the month. Um, I'm going to take the Rams as a seven-point favorite uh, against the Chicago Bears. You come into the NFL, and you're the star of the show, and you're 11-13-2, okay? So that tells you how bad I'm so far buried in the NFL. I'm 8-17-2. I've got to roll out like three undefeated weeks in a row, so I'll start this week. I'm going to start, like you, uh, with the Oakland Raiders, okay? I saw this game. I say, you know, the Vikings are 6-2. and two. They're feeling good about themselves. Their quarterback mm-hmm. isn't feeling too good about himself. And for the same mm-hmm. reasons you mentioned, I just think this is a game where the Raiders at home, they get it done. They're a small favorite. I see them winning this game by, you know, a touchdown or so. So I like them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next, I'm going to ro- – listen, I'm going to roll with your home team here. I'm going to mm-hmm. take the Miami Dolphins plus six against the Eagles. Um, you know, I watch Eagles Sunday that? against my – yeah, I watch them against my Cowboys – and uh, I'm not buy- I'm not buying what they're selling. You know, I mean, they won the game, mm-hmm. but you know, they still they, they they just look sloppy and like a ragtag bunch to me. And I think the mm-hmm. Dolphins can get some pressure on Bradford. And when that happens, uh, usually good things happen for your defense against Bradford. He usually throws you the ball. Um, so I'll mm-hmm. gladly take the six points and the Dolphins. I think this ends up being a very close game, and I could easily see the Dolphins winning it outright at Philly. Right. Um, okay. And then. The locals Finally, like that. Yeah, and if we've learned anything over the years about Tom Brady, it's that the guy has a memory like an elephant. And mm-hmm. you don't think that Tom Brady doesn't sit in his craw that he lost two Super Bowls to Eli Manning. I mean, this is the greatest mm-hmm. quarterback of the generation. And his two losses in the Super Bowl are to Eli Manning. I have a feeling, even though it's not a Super Bowl game, the Patriots mm-hmm. are going to go on a primetime 4 4.30 game and put one on the Giants Sunday. I just don't see that Giant defense being able to slow down the Patriots at all. They're, they're like hey, but could the points. Giants be like the Patriots' kryptonite? Is that possible? Uh, the kryptonite was that they, at the time they had Strahan and Justin Tuck and guys that could, could really hit Brady. Oh, so I you don't, don't like that. Jason, Pierre-Paul, I can get it done with my three fingers. You, you're, not, you're not with that? Listen, I told you, give the man a hand for playing. Pardon the pun. But man, I'm, uh, I see JPP blasting off into their backfield. 
involved. We're being dicks. We got to cut it yes, out. But all right, we are. Um, but, yeah, um, that's your I'm going to take the it's Patriots the and lay the seven points there. I have a feeling that that one just feels like 37-20ish to me. Okay. We're loving these Pats, and can the Pats keep this up? It's just almost too good to be true. All right, recap it for the people at home. We're going to take the Patriots minus the seven, the Miami Dolphins, the home team down there, plus six at Philly, and the Oakland Raiders minus three. Well, there you have it, my friend. All right, that brings us to the end. We there's we have no more time to talk about anything in the NFL, and I figure if we cover Des Bryant, we cover Greg Hardy, and then we got these picks. I think we covered the NFL, did we not? Is there any friends yeah, or family the only game we that discuss? we really missed, if you look at that board, the only game I think we missed talking about that that really would interest me is that night game, Seattle giving three at home to Arizona. I think that's a good well, football let's, game. Uh, let's, give it a, let's give it a quick discussion. Uh, game Seattle has to win. Okay, They can't lose this game to Arizona. And for that alone, I, I think I would back Seattle in this, in this contest. Arizona's having a good year, but I don't know why, Emil. I just am not buying it. I just... I don't know why. Help me with that. My biggest fear of Arizona is when I watch them play and they need a half a yard, it's third and a half a yard, I don't see tight ends and fullbacks coming on the field and them saying, damn it, we're going to get this half yard. I see, like, spread mm-hmm. formations to get half a yard. And when I see that, that bothers me. Yeah. Um, two I weeks know that to prepare for silly. this contest. Yeah, two weeks to prepare for both of these teams. But, I don't know, I'm going to back to – I'm going to – I'm going to back these guys until they show me that they're really done. So I I would go Seattle in this one. Me too. All right, my man. Wave to the fans and to the listeners. You're out of here. High school football is coming up next. Okay, I'll talk to you Uh, Monday. Bye-bye. Appreciate you, my friend and my co-host. He's out of here. You are fully updated college and NFL football. We've talked uh, some of the top college football matchups. We've given you our picks both in college and NFL football. I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, it's high school football time with Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Stay with us. gridironstuds.com ad has been uh, front and center on today's show. Hopefully, when you are going to uh, gridironstuds.com, you've got a t-shirt on, and t-shirts are very, very popular in this country, and our folks at T-Shirt Supplies got a message for you, and that's screen-printed t-shirts are very costly. 
especially when they're done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors, more costly. The answer is do it yourself at home, and you can do it with an inkjet printer and a hand iron, believe it or not. Whether it's for your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or a family reunion, you can do it yourself, and they'll look great. That's right. What heat transfer paper sold at T-ShirtSupplies.com, you can design your own logos. You can do the wording however you want and print it on an inkjet prep, uh, ink jet paper that's sold by t-shirtsupplies.com you can iron it with your own hand iron hopefully you got a hand iron because it'd be hard to do it without that the designer pictures you put on your t-shirts are only limited by your own imagination and creativity if you dream it up and design it the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it on your t-shirt by the way don't worry if you've never done it before the folks at t-shirt supplies have first-rate customer service they'll help you get the right paper for your project and they'll steer you in the right direction visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com that's t-shirt no hyphen supplies plural all one word dot com or you can call them at one eight seven seven eight five seven two seven three seven. That's one eight five seven eight five paper t-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. All right, it's high school football time. It's you know said in weeks past we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Well, the nitty gritty is here, and we're down on it. It's high school football time, and it's playoffs. So uh, a lot of people are home and. Uh, trying to pay attention to what's going on. Who better to have on to talk about the playoffs here in the state of Florida than Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Josh, they already started the playoffs. There's already been some eliminations. Uh, talk a little bit about the action yesterday that saw some people eliminated. Well, University School, what, I mean, what a turnaround for them, but uh, met, met their match against that juggernaut of uh, Booker T. Washington. I mean, I'll tell you. That it is something that is Josh. Just, I really you know, thought though that yeah. um, university school would have would have an opportunity to do something against Booker T. And uh, you know, then I, I guess at the end of the day, you had a bunch of kids at university school that had never really ever been in that position before, uh, and that might have played uh, a little bit into mm-hmm. you know the final result being so lopsided. Though Booker T's down. You do have a number of kids that have been in the playoffs before, and there's nothing like experience when it comes to this time of year. Oh yeah, definitely, and you know, and, that, and that's I think that's the difference maker right there, and you know, because mm-hmm. you know a lot of these kids that university school has, they're not necessarily the kids that played with them a couple of years ago. A lot of those kids are gone to other schools that are now at Aquinas mm-hmm. or, or or Plantation American Heritage, so it's like mm-hmm. they're gonna have to get they're gonna have to gain some new experiences in that. For mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. to yep. be able to go further, and that's why I think that made the difference maker right there for Booker T to win that game last night. Yeah, and certainly, um, you know, it was important for uh, University School to to make it to the playoffs, so you do get a little bit of that experience. Albeit, you know, you're, you've been quickly ushered out. At least you had that experience of being in the playoffs, and maybe next year you penetrate a little deeper. You're able to win a game, or you know, make make some kind of a run. But uh, I will say this: great job by. Uh, the coaching staff there and you know obviously several of these guys I coached with because I used to be at university school so I will say to uh, Daniel Luque and you know Henry Columpy and Wayne Blair and and the guys over there great job getting your team into the playoffs because no one really picked university school to be in the postseason so kudos to them on that and Booker T um, hey things have changed but they're in a familiar place on to round two Oh yeah, definitely, definitely sure. And also, you I mean, I mean now, now you, the other playoff game, you mean Hialeah and Coral Gables, and Coral Gables just said, "Ah, eh, we're, we're, we're shut out. Have a nice night. Go home, Hialeah." That's what they basically did. <laughs> yeah, last night. Uh, 
the highly it was on borrowed time. I think a, a lot of people knew that. Maybe not the people over there for for the thoroughbreds, but um, no one really expected them to win this game. Um, but hats off to Coral Gables doing it in a dominant way, uh, posting that shutout in, in a playoff game. Um, definitely, you know, an impressive performance by them. How far do you think Coral Gables can go in, in these playoffs, though? Well, if they get the rematch with Columbus next week, you know, you just never know. Especially, I think the difference maker for next week is if Columbus has their starting quarterback back. Because if he's back, then, yeah, you're talking to maybe a different situation where, hey, Columbus might actually be able to, you know, finally get the, finally pull the win off on Gables. But, you know, if, if it's the same situation as it was back, week, you know, week nine, week ten, you know, in that stretch, you know, that for, for was this, well, week ten in that stretch. I think, you know, hey, here's a chance that Gables can go on further. And, I mean, I'll tell you what, Chad, I think the, the, the whole 8A playoff bracket just who – I mean, that whole the whole thing is still – it's so wide open. It's like who, who can you really pick? I think you could throw darts at about 15 teams and say they make it to Orlando. Yeah. Boy, it's going. Um, right, right. I, you know, I know we have uh, – we had an odds-on favorite going into the year being Flanagan, but that thing's going to be a little bit of a war, I think. Uh, and it's just going to come down to who can be mentally strong enough through a four-week period to get themselves to the end. It, it might not even be the best physically talented team that makes it all the way to the end in this thing. I think the mental part's going to, you know, come come to a lot. Oh yeah, definitely, De- definitely on that. You know, for, for certainly on that. And I mean, just mean. I mean, I, I think for any, I think for any team in the in the playoffs, you, you've got to be mentally prepared for this. Because if you're you're not mentally prepared, you're going to be shown the door quickly. You yeah, mean, no yeah, doubt, I, no doubt about it. Especially in this in in that you know classification, no doubt in, in the southern part of it, no no doubt about that. So, um, definitely, definitely uh, one of those things that. Um, probably, would you say that's going to be the most exciting race out of all the classifications? It's it's going to be yeah, I'd say it's exciting to watch. It's, it's but it's it, I would say it's not. The, I'm going to say it's not the toughest bracket, but it'll be probably one of the most fun ones to watch to see who really wants who really wants that trophy the most because that, 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 that is the biggest thing. What would you call the uh, most ex- the the toughest bracket in your opinion? In, in your larger classification, I give I give six A that toughest bracket just because mm-hmm. you know it's you, you still got Miami Central lurking around and until Miami Central's totally gone, what, what can you do? Mm-hmm. You know, for, for, especially yeah. for anybody in the South bracket, you know, I mean, what, what I mean what could what could you do? But you got other teams that are there. There's actually it's interesting that I mean there's several te- I mean there I mean there's several teams that are undefeated in that in six A, but I, I think the teams are a lot of teams are evenly matched. In a lot of these games, and I think that's what's going to happen is that you're going to see, you're going to see close ball games where your, their teams are going to fight it out for it, and that's why yeah. I give six eight the toughest one. I think I think in the smaller classes it's going to be one a, because one a is just um, it's it's, it's with the rural bracket. It's just it's it, 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 there's so many determinations. It's always there's always it's always undecided every year coming in is who's going to make it because it, the one a teams play small town football and small town football uh, anything can happen every Friday night. It, you know, it's almost like Florida-style Texas football in a way. Uh, no, yeah, no doubt about that. And you know, not a lot of whole people, not a lot of people pay attention to it. But um, yeah, that should be a war down there as well. Uh, and you got you got Pahokee in that thing, but Pahokee has got a little bit of an issue there that they've got to deal oh, with. Oh yes. Um, I guess we should. I guess we should kind of deal with that. We are going to run through each one of these. Uh, 
each one of these brackets. But uh, let's address that whole Pahokee thing and get that out of the way right now. What's going on down there, Pahokee? Tell me what you know about it because uh, inquiring minds want to know. I guess I asked that tough question. No, I think I, I lost Joshua here. He'll call right back in with us. But, yeah, as you know, uh, you know they got an unfortunate situation going on there at Pahokee. And let me let me bring Josh back on. Yeah, Josh, I was asking I want, you, what, what, what do you know, know about that situation? Uh, it's just uh, my understood situation with Pahokee on that whole entire situation is that it's, it's an investigation through the Palm Beach Sheriff's Office and in the, in the school district. It's non-FHA related, so it's not going to affect the team. At this particular point, it's not going to affect the team in an FHA way that would kick them out of the playoffs or anything. So, Pahokee fans can can rest on that. So, don't 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 panic. Another good thing for Pahokee in this situation, you're you're at home. So, you're you're mm-hmm. you, you got county coming into a hostile environment. Fort Meade has already been showing the door, you know, mm-hmm. shut out already. You know, mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. I, I think in the situation, this is a good situation for Pahokee. To, to, you know, just to focus on what they've got at hand and just win the games they need to win. And you know, yeah. everybody's everybody's record is zero and zero right now, pretty much. So you know, you is Antoine Smith to... coaching this game tonight, though? Um, actually, I think I saw somebody else that's uh, that's doing that's doing. I mean, I mean, Alfonso Smith is not Alfonso Smith's not coaching the game. He's definitely not coaching the game. So I'll tell you that mm-hmm. right now. That is happening. Mm-hmm. It's they do have an interim mm-hmm. for tonight. So that that is the case. Okay. With with the whole, uh, well, so. We'll, we'll see how much of an, an effect that's going to have there. So that's that's the biggest off-the-field thing we're dealing with uh, in 1A. Jumping back up to this uh, 1A bracket, you know, I'll keep most of the discussion um, about the Southern end, uh, catering to my audience here. South Dade taking on Southwest Miami. I guess we can fully expect South Dade to be the ones moving on here. Um, are we expecting a South dade Belen Jesuit round two matchup, or would you say Southridge might be the team to move in uh, well, in that well, second round? Well, considering South, considering to our to our, to our buddy Pinkos, you know Southridge is actually kind of a actually Southridge is a favorite, a seven point mm-hmm. favorite over Belen Jesuit. You know, a lot of people think mm-hmm. Southridge might actually be able to beat Belen Jesuit, but I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to give Belen Jesuit the home field advantage. You know, it's you know you're you're, you're sitting here, you know, having to play a three o'clock game. You know, it's, I've it's, learned you know, not to sleep on Belen Jesuit. Um, no, you know they can they they can do some things to you. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, for, for certainly they can do some some things on that, and that's that's the thing. That's what I'm concerned. I mean, I mean, I mean, Southridge a seven point favorite of Belen, and then you look right next door to South Day, they're only a six point favorite of Southwest Miami. So you know, hey, anything can happen. Within that little section of that playoff bracket right there, and I mean, just to tell you, I think South Dade, you know, South Dade will advance, I believe, so hardly. It's who's who does South Dade get next week? Yeah, you know, that's um, going to no, be an interesting part. Absolutely. Uh, moving out of that bracket because you know, I think we expect Columbus to beat American, um, and let's not waste any time there. We know Flanagan is going to beat Piper. Uh, the intriguing part in Region 3 for me is Deerfield and, Planta- and Plantation, where many would want to just go ahead and move Deerfield through. Uh, that game against Plantation could be a lot of people think. Yeah, it's hairy. It, it, it's, it's hairy in a lot of ways because there's, there's – 
there's the mindset a lot of people see that, you know, Plantation might be able to compete against Deerfield Beach, and I can see it. And, and you know, that's interesting. You know, our friend Pinkos gives Deerfield an 11-point favorite over Plantation, but, you know, mm. 11 points is not very much. You know, it's not, it's not like a right. something like Coral Gables having 49 over Hialeah or something like that or something like that when last night. So, you know, it's, it's mm. you know, I mean, Plantation, they've got talent. Deerfield Beach has got talent. I, I think I give Deerfield Beach the edge just because it's at home and you, mm. you, you won the district. You, you, you're, you know, it's the, you, you're going you're gonna to have your fans out there cheering for you. And I think that that's the difference maker there. Yeah, all well, that. Listen, you know, it's, you, just whole, you, it's just being at home. You and I have been watching this playoff football stuff for quite some time now, and you know that tonight uh, for certain – um, these scores are going to be coming across Twitter and, and, and across the score stream app, and there are going to be some finals that are going to come across and really raise your eyebrows and make people say, wow, there, there, there are upsets every first round. And, uh, you know, somebody we're looking at here as a favorite on this Pinko sheet is going to go down tonight. And so um, just trying to figure out who who those might be. So, um up in the northern part, my... real quick, and we don't know who those are, but um, you know there will be some. We can agree on that. Oh, yeah, definitely. No doubt about there, it. There, there's, every year, every year there's always those few upsets. Yeah, and I'm not talking about the guys favored by, you know, four or five by Pinkos. I'm talking about there's going to be some double-digit favorite here where people had just went ahead and wrote them in to the next round of their bracket, and they're, and they're going to have to get an eraser and white out and, and pink them out of there. That This happens every year. Jumping down in the 7A, how about this one? Listen, Royal Palm Beach on surface is not someone you would, you know, really get all fired up about. Mm-hmm. But Royal Palm Beach runs a, a different offense, okay? Um, they do that triple option stuff. St. Thomas has had a number of injuries. St. Thomas is coming into this game off of a big emotional win last week against Flanagan. They are still missing their starting quarterback. Pinkos has them as a 27-point favorite. But could St. Thomas be in trouble in a game like this against Royal Palm Beach? I mean, I that it, I mean that that is the that is a good question because there's a good chance that yeah, yeah they could be you know I mean I mean considering you don't have Jake Allen you don't have Nick Bosa what 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 what's next what is next mm-hmm. for St. Thomas Aquinas? Yeah, I'm yeah okay yeah I admit it I finished them off as the number one team in seven A just because you know mm-hmm. hey you know they 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 did manage to bounce back and earn it you know with that win against mm-hmm. Flanagan. But mm-hmm. I think you know now it's it, every game is basically it can end your season now at this point. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think in my mind, I you know, yeah, if Royal Palm Beach gets going early, yeah, they could give St. Thomas Aquinas major fits. Mm-hmm. But you know, at the same time, I think you know Royal Palm Beach has struggled in their own ways this year against different games. I mean, they mean, I mean, they couldn't even they couldn't even really get off the ground against the Oxbridge Academy team, and they're you know that's three A mm-hmm. football, you know, a three A football team. Right. You couldn't even get really going against them. You well, know, that's, that's not my, your run of the mill three A football team. You know that. No, They've it's got not. Some, yeah, no, yeah, it's not. And that's talent wise, they're they're eight A all day. And this is why I say, you know, this is a seven, you know, this okay, Aquinas seven A football, but then again, this is not your run of the mill seven A football team either, you know, with Aquinas. But, you know, I, I in my mind, I see Aquinas getting past Royal Palm Beach, but I think it's next week that 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 uh, that St. Thomas Aquinas runs in a lot of trouble against Dwyer. Mm-hmm. 
You know, cause yeah, we, we, know that's, are, we know that's a, a mega matchup, and we don't want Royal Palm Beach kind of getting in the way of that thing. Hey, from the no, chronicles of what the hell are we doing here, Sunset is going to play West Broward. You want to talk about two teams that are totally what in playoff the virgins? What in the- uh, I mean, these you've got two playoff virgins here, like, out of this world. Sunset probably still can't believe they're in Sunset there. Is- West Broward – this these are the this is Dade listen Sunset is the is the Dade County version of West Broward West Broward is the Broward County version of Sunset these two teams are going to meet in the playoffs tonight what can we expect somebody's going to win their first playoff game ever in school history that is for, that is for one, oh yeah that is for I, one thing I mean absolutely I just, it, this is just you know it amazes me you know I I think. I, I I don't know. I don't know if, it, if the Shockers more of West Broward making the playoffs or if the Shockers mm-hmm. Southwest Miami actually putting Miami Springs to bed. Because, I mean, I had yeah. Matt, Matt, uh, Matter Academy and, and Miami Springs being the two teams that have come out of that district. And I'm like, mm-hmm. where did Miami sets at? Where the heck did they come from? You know, yeah, like, ab- absolutely, absolutely amazing. Hey, look, Nova's another team that's been uh, very, you know, very foreign to the whole playoff deal. Yeah, considering 1994 was the last time, so you've had a 21-year gap, which is the longest gap for any team that's in the playoffs right now this year. That that was the longest gap in you know for for a time for for a, for a team to be you know reaching the playoffs, and that yeah, I was I was playing yeah. for the University of Miami the last time Nova found themselves in in a playoff game, and so um, kudos to them for getting back. What makes that even more interesting is that this is their first district title since the 1960s. So if that Good tells grief. you anything, you know, yeah, well, hats off to them. Yeah. This could be a tight game, Josh. Uh, Matter Academy and Nova. It could be a tight, could be a dog fight. It, it could be. A, it could be a dogfight, but you know, I, I look at Nova, and you know, you look at the games that you know they played against some of these tougher teams, and they just got you know blown, blown out through the door. So it's like, you know, what 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 what, what can you expect from Nova? Are they are they going to come? Play, are they going to play like a district championship team? Or are they going to? Or is Matter Academy going to do? You know, come through and do what you know we we think that they're going to do? You know, you know, just come About in and to- win the game. Bouncing through, Region 3, is there any real threat there, or can we just safely say our winner out of Region 4 is who's going to be the one in uh, in, in Orlando? Okay, repeat that again, because I'm just having a little... Yeah, uh, could we, are we just going to basically say the winner out here in Region 4 is the one coming out of the south, or is there anyone in Region 3 that you think could make some noise there and probably you upset know, what I, I just I, said? You know, I thought I thought Venice might have had a chance, but then Brayden River really did their number on Venice. So you know, mm. Brayden River. But well, you know, I mean, our, our buddy Pinkos pre- predicted Brayden River over Columbia in in, in the in the state championship mm. game, and I'm just damn, this like, and eh, maybe not so much because I mean, I, I think I, I think you could say say that your your your, your South finalist from from for seven A is going to come from Region Four. Now, whoever yeah. comes from the from the north, well, you you could start throwing darts at that. You know, yeah, you, I you think could that's, take Lake that's really Columbia, wide open. You, that's... Yeah, you could take Lake City, Columbia. You could take Lakeland. You could take Plant. I mean, Kathleen could, you know, you know, Kathleen could could make up for for losing to Plant, and you know, and, and just run and just and just be on such a mad streak that they could just run everybody over. I mean, it's yeah, it, it's wide open. Let's talk about the fist fight that is going to be the 6A bracket, uh, obviously starting down in Region 4. 
Uh, Miami Central and Boyd Anderson. Boyd Anderson, this has to be the biggest one-year turnaround ever, I think. Were they one not a 9-10 football nine game? One. I think yeah, 1-9. 1-9 one one to 9-1? and one. Give me what in the world? What what is? Yeah, what, what, someone what? needs a someone needs a raise over there in Lauderdale Lakes, right? Um, yeah, excellent job, um, oh, yeah. getting them into this playoff game. Your your trophy and your congratulations for doing that is uh, the uh, reigning champion and monster of the Class Six A, and that's Miami Central. Boyd Anderson have any chance tonight in your in your eyes? You know, some people would say, oh, Miami Central's going to be well-rested well and fresh for this game, and, you know, Boyd Anderson's not going to be, but, you know, I have to give you the other side of the story. Mm-hmm. How about Miami Central not being able to beat up on another team for the last three weeks? How about that right. story? And, 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 and really, and, and this is, and I, I know if we can't, I know Florida's not Texas, and Texas ain't Florida, but you know this has happened, and, and I think, you know, there's been case scenarios in other states where teams have had double bye weeks like that. And the biggest yeah, thing in my listen, mind, it, in, with, in, with high school football, they, yeah, yeah, with high school football and young teenagers, that's a bigger deal than you think. So certainly something to keep oh. an eye on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is, is because of having that double bye week. You, 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 the last team you played was highly in Miami Leaks, and that was mid October. And now we're talking. We're, we're now, you know, we're, we're into the second week of November, and you're now finally going to get to step out on the field tonight for the first time. And that. So and shall that I dare say that not only that's 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 uh you put that considering the you opponent put, you had in the last game, that's like three weeks off, man. That's three, that's like yeah, exactly three weeks off, and. And the whole the whole gist of that is is that can Miami Central be able to work through that adversity of not having to play those three weeks? And that to me is a key concern. I mean, some people, yeah, you know, like I said, some people think, oh, that Miami Central is going to come in because they're well rested and all that. You know, they may be able to heal some injuries. Yeah, you, you might be able to heal from some of those injuries and stuff. At the same time, you haven't played. You, you've been beating up on each other in, in your own practices. That's what you've been doing. You right. haven't been going out to that once a week and beating somebody else or trying to play against somebody else, and I think that yeah, that's gonna that's I, gonna make for a, that's gonna make for a very interesting you, game. Listen, this thing in the South really is gonna boil down to Carroll City, Miami Central, and Mainland. Am I not correct? I'm not expecting much out of Region Three here. I mean, I mean Region Three. I mean the only the, the only team I give you out of Region Three to expect. Actually, I'll give you two teams that expect, but I think this will be the one team. Charlotte will be one, but the one I really think will be the fact is Naples. Mm-hmm. As Naples has got some really good players. I mean, it just I think mm-hmm. if people just, sometimes Naples forgets forgets forgotten about because they're down there in that little corner of Southwest Florida and people forget right. about them. Mm-hmm. You know, but Naples is they've really got some talent this year. And you know, their only losses to Delray American Heritage, and I think that's a game. You know, they they came out and they thought they were going to win it, and they kind of got you know. I think they kind of got some just some humble pie a little bit to them, you know, to realize like, wait a second, you know, we we can't come in here thinking we're just going to win this game, you know, we've got to do yeah. what we have to do. Uh, who's coming out of Region Two? Is that Gainesville? Is it Armwood? Or do you like someone else out of those eight teams? I give me Armwood, right? Give, give me Armwood, but Vanguard would be a close second. Now Gainesville. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Gainesville, they always have they, talent, man, and they can just never ever pull talent, it all together. What's just, the deal? It's it's just I I it's just I think it's just running to and into some juggernauts. You know what I mean? I mean for Gainesville, mm-hmm. you know, it's I mean they're a district runner up, so they're they're gonna have to be road warriors this year, and that that's the big thing, you know. 
I mean, I'm just not, you yeah. know, it's just, I mean, I just don't. Pinkos I just don't likes trust Navarre him. to come out of, uh, he likes Navarre to come out of the north, so. I like Navarre. Uh, I like Navarre. Navarre. I like Navarre. I, I really like Navarre. Navarre is a really good team, and then people, you know, and it's like I said, some, a lot of people forget about the Panhandle being there on the, on the state map. It's like, yeah, well, thanks to you, thanks to you, uh, you've been able to update our listeners on what's been going on in the Panhandle. As you know, you've correctly said this is one of the better years ever for uh, Panhandle football. Listen, Joe Pinkos likes Navarre not only to come out of the North, but to be the state champions over Miami Central. We'll talk more about his final predictions. Uh, when we get through all of the brackets here. The bracket that I'm obviously most interested in is the 5A classification. Um, you know, I guess everyone wants to go ahead and push us through and make us the champions. It's something we are, you know, going to have to fight here for the next four weeks that our kids don't get a little, they don't feel themselves a little bit too much. Playing a Westwood team that I don't believe has a winning record this season. Um, so everyone's expecting smooth sailing. So moving out of that, uh, Everyone's expecting that Hallandale American Heritage matchup. Do you see any way mm-hmm. that that could not happen? Amer- the American another rematch. I mean, yeah, match. round two. I mean, you I mean know, Rocky two, oh, yeah, whatever I you want to call it. It's gonna, ha- it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna happen, and, you, and, you, and y'all get to host again, you know, American Heritage. Yeah, so that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the that's the big thing. It's just, you know, I just I I see I just see it happening, but you know, but you know, sometimes you know you look at it and you, Hallandale comes in and they'll say, well, we've lost once, but we know what their tendencies are, and we can play them mm-hmm. around it better this time. Yeah, and teams exactly. do that. And, yeah, and I've definitely. I've seen it where teams you lose. You lose in the regular season, but you come back and get them in the in in, in the second round. You know, and I mean, I'll give you I'll give you an example from last year, West Orange and Apopka. Apopka mm-hmm. West Orange got Apopka last year, and sure enough, what happened? Apopka come cup second round, went into their place and blew them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. And, and, you know, uh, I listen. I for one year, don't. I don't like rematches. I uh, really don't. But no, it is I, what it is. To be honest with you, I really wish the brackets were lined up a little differently. Where okay, where you do not give that, you do not get that rematch against your district, against mm-hmm. your district opponent until the regional final. Which, right. Which used right. to be that way. I don't understand why we're not doing that now. Why can't we do that? Because, to be honest with you, you know, it, it would just make the playoffs so much better. It really will. Yeah, well, you know what? I think you're gonna you're gonna probably gonna have to go to Tallahassee and stand on your soapbox for a number of things we've I'll got go going on here. Yeah, and that northern end of the at the northern end of the five A classification, who's the biggest threat to North Marion? Because I guess everyone's figuring they're going to be the ones Wakala. coming out of the north. But who, who's the biggest threat to them? Wakala, Wakala, it's Wakala. Mm-hmm. That, that's the, that, that's the biggest threat to them. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean you, you, give me North Marion or Wakulla, and we'll have a really great state championship game. I think it's just you know both teams have got talent, but you know I really like mm-hmm. what Stephenville has done at North Marion. You know, some people have called that Miami North. You know, oh, it's mm-hmm. it, it's sort of yeah. true. You know, the way the players have played. You know, it's like wait a second, did, did Miami kind of shift up to the three hundred miles to the north here? You something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the way it feels. Yeah, you know, uh, but yeah, he, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Sliding down to uh, to to region number four, uh, well, well, classification to four A classification. Uh, Pinkos had Booker T by thirteen over University School. It was uh, obviously a whole lot wider gap than that. Uh, 
Do you think maybe Booker T's being undersold here, and maybe maybe Coco is is not the one that comes out of the South region, or do you do you feel like Coco's going to be the one? I, I I still want to give I still give the benefit of doubt to Coco, but you know it's you know it's it, it's Booker T finally getting on all the right cylinders at the same time. You know, are they getting hot at the right time? And we've seen it before: five and five teams get hot right and right at the right time, and make make damaging runs in the playoffs and you know and upset other teams and I mean I've seen it before I give me and Bartram Trails done it before I've seen them go 0 and 5 finish season 5 and 5 and give almost almost make the state championship game and give Armwood so I, I mean Booker T could do the same thing here again yeah so, I mean, uh, no doubt and and they're veterans question. and they're veterans of uh this whole oh, playoff yes. thing so uh, I mean, they definitely have that working in their favor but you got to say the same thing for Coco you know true, being a, true, being no a veteran of the point yeah, so I think it's just a matter of who who plays who's going to if it comes down between Coco and Booker T, which I I can see it now. It's you mm-hmm. know who you know what it comes down to is who plays their best football game at that particular moment. You know, right. I mean, no, who no, late, yeah, you got to be you got to be the best play. on that particular night, no doubt about that. Uh, we, are we seeing a northern end? Are we seeing a northern end final of uh, Danielan and Bowles? Is that what we're thinking? Donellan, Donellan is just, I mean, phenomenal. I mean, ten and zero. I mean, this is the, this is one of their best seasons they've had in in over a decade. And I mean, I I could just see it. You know, you know, this is a team that South Sutton couldn't even stop. So if they get a South Sutton Donellan rematch in round two, you know, it's yeah, I, I could I could definitely see. You know, there, there's a chance that maybe it, it could be Bowles. You know. Bowles and Dunellen, but it could be Reigns and Dunellen. I mean, it it could be Walton and Dunellen because I mean, you look at Region One, look at the th- look at Bowles, Walton, and Reigns. They're all they're all ranked in the state, and that is you know it's you, you don't see many you don't see many you know ranked team versus ranked team matchups in the playoffs, especially on the first round now since when they went to the district runner up format. You know when in '93, you mm-hmm. know they're just. And, that was another thing. Is, I mean, Richard Burton, who does this, he's been doing a lot of histor- historical research. And the last time there was ever a number one versus number two matchup in, in the playoffs was 1992. Again, thanks to the district runner-up format that we end up mm. waiting later in the rounds to see if we get a number one versus number two now. Right, but, right, I mean, right. That, that region, that that North bracket, there's four teams that could go. That, that could be in Orlando. I mean, it's it's very hard to pick one. But yeah. I mean, if I, well, if I guess if I if I give you the one I really think I mean I I, I think just because it's it's bold because of the experience you know they're going for yeah. the fifth consecutive trip to Orlando I think it's just you know it comes down to experience on that but you never know what can happen in these games. Oh no doubt about it that's the whole excitement of this thing. I, well speaking of excitement I listen I know we got first round games in class 3A that we just got to deal with and there will be a couple of very good games in region 4 but I am just really rubbing my hands together and getting ready for that possible round 2 matchup in region 4 the rematch between Oxbridge and American Heritage. Uh I'm calling that a Palm Beach Sheriff's game because they're going to need to be on hand for that war. Oh yeah you're gonna need about 50 squad cars sitting there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it, because that is gonna be murder. I listen. Look, bragging rights were online the first time. This one is we're talking state championship, loser go home. It's it's gonna it's gonna be an all-out war. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you, you mean for a chance to play in the state semifinals to go to Orlando? I mean, shoot, you know that. Yeah, that's 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 war. That's that that's that's the Palm Beach County war there for you. Don't don't even give me any other game. That's Palm Beach County war for you. But while we're sitting here uh, drooling over the chance for this to happen, there happens to be two other good teams that have a chance to upset this possible matchup between these two teams. Which one do you think has a better chance of messing up uh, that big-time second-round matchup? Is it Westminster Christian playing Heritage Del Rey, or is it Chaminade Madonna taking on Oxbridge? Westminster Christian. I, I just, mm. It's Westminster Christian. I, I just think, you know, that's the – that's a team, you know. I mean, they're, they're, you know, Westminster Christian. They're they're used to playing these early afternoon games. I I don't think American Heritage is, you know, and, that, and I think that's an advantage to Westminster Christian. Mm. You know, mm. you know, having to play play the afternoon games or you know play you know play games not just not not for being under the lights. So you know, I really mm. think you know that that, that I, I have to give them. I have to give Westminster that. I mean, I just Shaman and not a nice season and stuff, but I think the I think the schedule is kind of weak for them in a lot of ways. So you know, and I, I just don't think they've they've really have met a team like Oxbridge yet. You know. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think they can. Yeah, it's gonna be. You know, a, not, that, that's that that might be it, but. Um, Chaminade's been tough all year long, man. I I, do, I wouldn't count them out. They've been they've been I, a I tough would, cookie I mean, all year long. I I just say that Region Four was better this year than I really initially thought. You know, I didn't I didn't see Chaminade going seven and three, and you know, and but you know that you know I I got to give them credit. You know, they've done what they did. They had to play, yeah. they played the games, won the games, and they needed to win. So we'll we'll, give them we'll save our it. discussion. We'll, yeah, we'll save our discussion for the northern end of Class 3A and uh, after we get by the first round here. Jumping down to 2A, is Dade Christian going to be too tired uh, to, to to do what they need to do tonight? Or, or do you think they're they're primed and ready to beat community uh, school? Of I, I, Dade Christian, I, I just I look at their schedule and I think I just look at it and just, just you know they they're eight and one but the schedule is just it just it says it, it just says weak on you know the the, the, the mm-hmm. word weak is just flashing out at me on that schedule and it's just like <laughs> yeah it's just it's just in my mind you know and your, your only losses I believe is I believe they lost the only losses to university school I believe in in that process I mean if that's mm-hmm. if that's your only tough team that you played in the process mm-hmm. of that schedule. Yeah. I I got I, I, I got to give community school an edge. I mean, I just I have to give them an edge on that one. Even though I mean, I mean, I, I believe our buddy Pinkos. You know, I mean, yeah, our buddy Pinkos is, only has them as, as Day Christian as a three favorite. So you know, three points. That is three tells you anything that, could happen there. Yeah, anything exactly. could happen there. Exactly. I mean, that whole he's he's expecting a close one region. with Village Academy and First Baptist. So. Yeah, and then, but but you know, I mean, Village. Yeah, Village has played some tough games. First Baptist is, you know, First Baptist has done better than what most people initially thought they would do. So you know, I mean, it's just right now. I just I just don't know if the uh, District Eight teams are gonna make get over these District Seven teams. You know, have played a little bit tougher of a schedule, I believe. Jeez, how about a possible matchup of Dade Christian and Village Academy again uh, in in uh, in week two if if uh, things work out. Right in that direction. So. Oh man, that, that 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 would be interesting. But you know, and it's like it, it just yeah, it's hard, it's hard to fathom to see it. But you know, it's like I said, it could be very interesting to see what happens again. You know, 
Uh, 1A, uh, we already talked about Pahokee. Uh, Pinkos likes them over Dixie County tonight, despite you know a little bit of turmoil that they've got going on there. I do notice, though, that Pinkos doesn't put Pahokee in that, in that 1A final. He does like um, he, he does like Trenton to be the member out of the South. You agree with that, or what do you, what do you think is going to happen here in, in the southern here's end the, of this bracket? Here's the here's the thing, and this is where and this is where I have to I have to guard my words closely about Trenton because the the, the fans go total nuts on me if I disagree on their on their team for some strange reason. Mm. But the Trenton fans are going to have to take off their black and orange goggles because that's their school colors. Mm. They're going to have to take their black mm. and orange goggles off. And they're going to need to look at their schedule and look at the schedule that Fort Meade has played and the schedule that Pahokee has played and tell mm. me who actually has the stronger schedule. I guarantee it, Trenton does not have the stronger schedule. When you put 10 running clocks on your 10 opponents, that tells mm-hmm. me something. You've had that your schedule is not very good. Because mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. opponents and cannot it, – it, it's – it's just it, there's something there because you know when when you see when you see Fort Meade and Pahokee playing seven A eight A teams mm-hmm. on their schedule, mm-hmm. and they do mm-hmm. this consistently every year, mm-hmm. I feel like that builds their strength up a lot better than a, a team like Trenton who is playing all these teams that are either weak or they're, I mean their district didn't help them you know having a seventeen district and half the teams are in there are very weak, but at the same time you've got to play someone tough in order to get through the thing because if you've not played a game. Where you have been, where you've been tested in the fourth quarter, you're going to mm. get caught eventually in the playoffs. Some by somebody. Who oh, no doubt about that. it. That, that will rear its ugly head. Yeah, Josh, I can't see Pahokee being uh, going down into 1A to not arrive in, in Orlando. That's just me. Uh, now, again, they've got a little oh, off yeah. field stuff going on there, but um, that's 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 my pick to end up out of this southern bracket in in Orlando. We'll talk about. Uh, the northern end next week after we've cleared through this first round here. Uh, we had a good one last night for the Gold Coast Football Conference Championship game, Archbishop McCarthy and Key West. Um, Key West featuring a guy that I think is highly underrated in McKay Sargent, running back who went crazy last night. I think he has, two, uh, as a result, has a 2,000 yard, ended with 2,000 yards rushing on the season. I think um, he's an undiscovered gem, but when you're way down there by Cuba, um, <laughs> I mean, people just are not going to yeah. really know much about you. But it ends up being a pretty good game in a final. Archbishop McCarthy, uh, congrats to them, I guess, champions of the uh, Gold Coast uh, Football Conference. Will he be in it next year is the question. You know, I, that's my question is why does the conference even exist in the first place? <laughs> because right. really, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, out, I mean, outside of really inland, I mean, it actually, you know, I mean, maybe not so much for why the conference exists in general, but why mm. did Archbishop McCarthy actually stay in the conference knowing they had a potential chance of being this good that they could have... Yeah, uh, well, okay, Josh just dropped off again. He'll call back in for us. But, yeah, they did have a good conference game there. And like Josh was kind of alluding to before we lost him here, is people wondering why Archbishop McCarthy would be in that Gold Coast Conference. And by all accounts, they've got a lot of young talent there. So they should have an even better team next year. So I think that's what uh, Josh is going to talk to us about here. Yeah, Josh, I got you back. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened there, but uh, anyways, it, it, for, for me, I think Archbishop McCarthy. Really, to be honest with you, I really thought they, you know, if they knew that they had this good team, why didn't they go ahead and just get into that six eight district and competed? Because they mm. really could have. I think they could have probably beaten Tiller with the team they had this year. So I mean, correct me on was, this. Um, I, I think this is the first year of the realignment that we had. Am I correct on that? 
Yes, right, this is we got another year. year. We'll have. We've well, it's, it's they're initially set for four years, but I feel like we're headed for for something that we may see a change come next year because and the reason why we won't see change like the other sports are going to see changes to nine classes. We're, I'm not, okay, football's not going to go to nine. I, we're, nobody sees it that happening because there's just you, you got two, you, you don't have enough football schools to do it with. Mm-hmm. But I, I think with the, re, the the alignments and stuff, you know, the, I mean, it's just it's you know, there's too much weakness between classes. Well, well, I think my question and, here though is, um, is there a situation where Archbishop McCarthy could join a conference next year, or do we have to wait until the realignment time? I think they. <sighs> I, to be honest with you, I've seen private schools do it already. Mm-hmm. You know, join. I think it's John Carroll did it in the midst of a cycle and joined a district midway mm-hmm. through. So Archbishop McCarthy could do it. It's a matter of does the FHA grant that request to them, and that's the, that's the, that's the thing. You know, and do they want I to? Think, do they want to? And that's a good question. You know, it's depending on how much talent they actually lose off this team. And you know, you know, some people question. You know, some people question me. It's like, why is Archbishop McCarthy even in this? When they really should be in district, you know. I mean, what's the excuse, what's the excuse? You know, yeah, I can understand. Yeah, you might have been weak last year, but this year, I mean, it's yeah. like kind of give me a, give me a break a little bit, sort of thing. My understanding is that they've got a young football team, so they're gonna have. Uh, they probably should have some pretty good talent coming back next year, and that again begs the question as to are they gonna remain in 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 this Gold Coast football conference, or are they gonna try and apply to, you know, uh, join. Join one of these brackets we're talking about here. Forgive my ignorance on this next question. The Southeastern Football Conference Championship game is that has that happened already, or when is that game? Is that Saturday That's night Saturday. tonight? When is that? Saturday night. Saturday night. No, see, okay. See any of see any, see any of these bowl games or the conference games? They can't play those on Friday night. That's a definite. It's it's playoff games only. That's the FHA rule. I mean, I, I, mean, okay. I totally. I just and that's probably a referee that. thing, also, I suppose. It's make sure that they have the referees available for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's, right. it's you know it's like you, you, you know this is for the teams that have earned that right. You know, they're the ones that committed to district play. You know, they should be playing. You know, I'm not one that's really against these conference things that they've set up. I will be if they if they becomes if they become too plentiful. I think for some of these schools that are on a smaller scale and don't want to get into the whole sweepstakes of trying to lure, you know, big-time talent to the school. They just want to have a competitive football team at a small private school setting. I think this is okay. But when you got teams uh, and schools jumping into that thing because they don't want to compete when they probably could if they put forth a little bit of effort and they start jumping into these conferences and start winning championships, I think the smaller schools are going to start crying foul. I think we've got a good matchup here with Coral Springs Charter taking on Calvary Christian in this Southeast Conference uh, football game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, I kind of like that for them, you know, a smaller thing, and it's a little bit of a big deal for them, and it's, you- it's on a Saturday night. I- I'm okay with it. I don't know how you feel. I'm 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 okay with it if that's what the schools intend to do, but I think that my biggest issue is that the FHA needs to refocus on making the classifications better for the sake of football and the way with 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 play, you know having having competitive games. It is it should not we should not have a two and eight Blanche Ely team in the playoffs. We should not have a one yeah, nine East side team in the playoffs. A, I mean, I mean, a, I mean, a little bit of a, a mockery being made of the process there, no doubt. 
thank you very much because it is a it is indeed a mockery because it's like you're telling I mean I mean I've seen it before you have a district over here with seven teams and you have a district over here with three teams and they're right next door to each other and it's like hey what this is not fair yeah, play yeah no question to fight the playoffs and you all you have to do is win one game over here just to even make it in it's like you know, yeah, uh, I, I would agree with you on that. Hopefully they can make some strides on it. With a little bit of time we've got left, I'm going to run through this real quick. Uh, Pinkos uh, has gone so far as to not only pick you know, uh, who he thinks winning tonight and by how much, he's got the finals all laid out with the winners and everything else. So you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't run through this real quick. In Class 1A, Pinkos is seeing Trenton over Port St. Joe. Um, I told you I like Pahokee to come out of there. Whether or not they can beat Trenton, I have no idea, but... Uh, that's who Pinkos likes in Class 1A. Mighty cool of him to forecast things out this far. I'd love to know the formulas used to do that. Uh, in Class 2A, he likes University Christian over Admiral Farragut. What do you think of Admiral Farragut? We don't get to talk about him on this show. I mean, they, they're a really good team. Actually, I think this is probably a better team than they had in 2011 when they made made that run and beat Glade State to get to the state championship game. No, I do remember that North team. I, yeah, I do yeah, remember that team. Yeah. And if they're as good as yeah, that, then they've got a they've got a pretty good shot of you know at least yeah, getting here to I Orlando. I think they've got a good and, chance and, to make. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, really like an it. interesting three A matchup if this indeed becomes it. Trinity Christian taking on Oxbridge. You've talked about Trinity Christian a number of times on this show, and um, oh, yeah. I think everyone down here in this area knows what kind of athletes Oxbridge is working with. I think that would make for a pretty good final. But 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 my thing my thing is is I don't necessarily if Ox, agree if Oxbridge is going to make it to Orlando in their first year of district play. I think I think mm-hmm. I have to give I have to th- I have to throw the I have to throw the edge to Clearwater Central Catholic just because the experience and I, I just don't you know I don't know if is Oxbridge. Hey man, I'm just really I'm scarred this. by Clearwater Central Catholic. Mick, call it call it us going up there and playing them when I was at university school and they just seem so ill-equipped from a. From a athlete standpoint, to handle the type of athletes that come south of them, you know, I know they did make it through one year. I was completely puzzled by it. I just think sometimes they get overwhelmed by the athleticism that ends up on that field with them. If they make it through, sure. Um, and, and yeah, Oxbridge is going to probably lack that experience, but uh, I think we'd have a good matchup there if Trinity Christian took on Oxbridge. Uh, Pinkos likes Coco and Danellen. Uh I think you agree with that. I can see it happening. Yeah, I really like. I really like seeing what's going to happen with that one. I think you know that, that it, would, it would be a different matchup than Book Bowls and Booker T. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I mean, no, no offense to either school, but you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like to have a little bit of parity in these state championship games. You know, I like to see a little difference. I like to see other teams actually try to make it and you know win it. You know, it's not it's not just <laughs> yeah. it's not just about yeah. The team. Well, yeah, no, no doubt about that. It keeps the excitement going in this thing. And five A uh, American Heritage over North Marion. Thank you, Pinko. Appreciate that. Um, I'm I'm interested in this North Marion team. They're they're picking up a lot of steam up that way. So, um, you know, if we if we can continue to win here and we end up you know in that, it'd be interesting to see that. You know what's funny, and I, this this happened last week. You know, I mean, I mean, it's like North, North Marion goes to Hoover, loses to Hoover, and the, the Lake Weir just starts talking crap about them so badly. They end up hanging <laughs> somebody on Lake Weir last week. That's yeah, well, bad. there you go. Keep your keep your mouth shut. How about that one? Um, moving along real quick, we already talked about 6A. He likes Navarro over Miami Central. I know the folks down there in the middle of Dade County are like, what the hell? So maybe they'll get a little motivated off of that. 7A, uh, none of the teams we talked about is what he's talking about. He says Braden River over 
Columbia. But, hey, the one I want to talk about with the couple of minutes we've got left here is he likes Manatee over Coral Gables. That's a little bit of a double surprise there for me. I don't think anyone has Coral Gables coming out of the south, but um, our man Pinkos with the formula says it's going it's gonna to be it's going to be the Explorers. Uh, I just, I, I mean, we, we mean, we mean with the Caval, the Cavaliers with the Coral Gables and the Manatee. I, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see that one. I, I have to disagree with that whole tire prediction. It's just not going to happen. I just don't. <laughs> yes, see the it. Cavaliers. I, I did what I say. The Explorers. The yeah, Cavaliers. Explorers is close. Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know what? I think one team that a lot of people aren't talking about that might have a chance to get to Orlando, and that is Delray Beach Atlantic. Look at what they have done this year. Ten and zero, they beat Dwyer in the last week of the last week of the season. I mean, I, I think I think getting that win over Dwyer kind of probably maybe turned some heads a little bit, and saying, "Hey, whoa, wait a second, where does this team come from?" You know, it's like we were hey, well, planning look, it over it's, here. It's it's the state of Florida playoffs. Uh, it's not perfect. Uh, there's some crazy stuff there, and with some teams making it in. But you know what? It's always exciting, Josh, and we we got to take our hats off to that. And starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight. It's on and popping, and the score stream is going to be flowing, and Twitter will be uh, going nuts off of some of the uh, results coming in, and that's why we love high school football. We can agree on that. Oh, yeah, definitely, for sure. Yeah, it's going to, yeah, be, an man, interesting, well, it's going to be an interesting night. No doubt, man. I appreciate you coming, oh, coming on oh, and, and oh, yeah, giving us one, a preview on this. Thing. Next week will be fun. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, one quick thing is we're keeping an eye on what's going on with Orange City University. They're actually in a court hearing right now to determine if they're going to give the, the give Orange City University their playoff spot back or if it's going to be a veto that gets to keep it. It's a whole mess right now, and they're actually in court right now. The, 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 Dr. Deering is sitting there, and it's, it's, going, it's getting crazy. Like I said, never a dull moment down here in, in the state of Florida, whether it's playoffs oh, or just trying to get through the airport to your flight. <laughs> So, all right, man, thanks for coming on. Can't wait for uh, next week. We'll talk about the upsets. Appreciate it. Take it easy. All right. Well, listen, folks, we're quick. I got to make my quick exit right here. Appreciate you all listening. College football, NFL high school, we got you updated. Thanks for listening. Oh, 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 o